You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everyone, this episode of An Eternity of Basketball is part of the Globally Ballin Podcast Network, a subsidiary of the Globally Ballin Media Network. For this show and other shows like it, such as the Globally Ballin Podcast, as well as projects like it, such as original articles and video work, visit globallyballin.com now. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe to it, as well as give it a 5-star rating and a review. We appreciate it. Now, to the show. Magandang umaga po sa lahat uh, na nanonood dito sa Facebook Live for an eternity of basketball. It's evening over there in Jersey, New Jersey, and our guest is there right now. Good evening, Mr. Fields. You know, and guest natin sa araw na ito, kung hindi nyo kilala, eh, siya ay naging resident import for the Toyota franchise starting in 1979 until the franchise folded after 1983. He was here for seven conferences. He won three championships, and he was the first recipient of the best import award in the PBA. I'm Charlie Kuna, together with Sid Ventura and Noel Zarate. And our guest in Toyota Red is Andrew Fields. They call him Andres Bukid. Welcome to the show, Andy. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. And I'd like to say uh, hello to all the Filipino fans and supporters that are out there. So how are things over there in, in New Jersey these days, you know, in the days of quarantine and COVID? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's rough time, pretty much. Um, a, a lot of, as you can see by the news, certain areas are having rougher times than others. Uh, New Jersey pretty much has, has met the quota. They're keeping things up. They're staying on track as far as trying to fight this virus. But a lot of our southern states here in the United States, all the way over across to California and, and up, it's really bad. It's all in the red zone. So, um, you know, we're just trying to fight it. And, and, and a lot of it is just discipline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People are just um, being naive about wearing their, ma- their masks. I mean, I mean it's, it's, nothing hurts to wear a mask. You know, they're protecting for, for your life. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's you know. <laughs> The, the norm is not the norm anymore, so we have to deal with that. That's right. And then you know a lot, you know a lot about defense, so that's about defense as yeah. well, right? Because defense <laughs> was your right. game back then. Right. But let, let's go all the way back. Let's talk about some basketball. Let's go all the way back to when Andy Fields was a young kid starting to play basketball. How did you get into the sport, and, and who were your inspirations? Who, who, who influenced you to get into this wow. sport that would take you all over the world? Well, that's that's uh, that's that's – well, you know, it goes back to just it starts actually with my father because he was uh, he had played prior to me um, um, in, in, in his elementary and high school area uh, times. He um, he didn't actually go to high school. He went to um, when they did a handcraft um, uh, school where, you know, you learn a craft. But he played a lot of the local basketball here in the area, which is where I pretty much got my height from. He was six, six. And he was a pretty good player. So, you know, uh, 
he maintained himself as a young man and then kind of like pass it over to me. And, um, and I was just inspired just by, um, you know, just different players on, on the television, Connie Hawkins, uh, Dr. J, you know, just the, the different players that were inspirational and, and, and trying to enhance my game. So, um, and, um, and then I just, you know, one of the things I battled with as a, as a youngster though, in the beginning was that I, I had, I was born with a, um, uh, a, a heart problem. I had, um, I was born with a, a heart murmur. And, um, so a lot of activities wasn't a part of my forte until I ha- actually, actually, um, after I had the open heart surgery and all. So that's actually when I started to excel because it gave me the opportunity to uh, play a, um, a year in, in high school. Actually, I played two years. I played at the so- as a sophomore and then I played as a varsity player in my senior year and then got the opportunity to go to college. You know, I was, uh, I mean, I could go on and on about that. Um, <laughs> that's where I met uh, John Cheney, who I'm sure you guys might be familiar with. He's uh-huh. a, a Hall of Famer. And, uh, that's right. He, he started at Cheney and he, he wound up at Temple and it became uh, a Hall of Famer coach. And he actually was, along with um, Gene Hudgens, Gene Hudgens was a person who was a local uh, superstar around here. He opened up gyms for us to play in as kids. So he introduced me to him. And then pretty much at that point, that's where my, um, you know, my uh, career took off. I get to I get to Cheney and um, he really groomed me as a player and taught me a lot about the game and uh, we excelled as a team. Um, we won a national championship in '78. We went back that that was Division Two national championship. We went back to '79. We had lost though. Then I got drafted in in '79 and yeah. and I was drafted second round to the Portland Trailblazers and um, was released from them after I had a, a sting with them in, in California, Los Angeles. And that's where Dante Saverio picked me up. And um, he went, he, he actually put some money in the bank account for me and said, come on, you're coming to play in the Philippines. And I'm like, you know I mean? A young young man, just like, all right, well, I'm going where, where the flow goes, you know? And uh, that's how I got introduced to, to coming to the Philippines to play. Yeah, Andy, I just wanted to ask: Was basketball your only sport? Because you have uh, you're start, you look like a quarterback when you were playing in the PBA with all your pinpoint yeah. passes. Was it just yeah. basketball, or did you try other sports as well? Well, well, I, I would have liked to play other sports, except for it was a lot of contact, and, and as I told you earlier, because of my um, uh, my health situation back then when I was younger. I stayed away from contact sports such as football, but I would have loved to play quarterback, as you can see, when I was throwing those outlet passes, and or baseball because I had a, a dear friend who um, who used to uh, actually, you know, when I had my open heart surgery, I couldn't. I was like quarantined for X amount of months because I couldn't have any, any infections. So he, his name was George DeGrosa. So he came, he used to come over to my, to my house. He taught me how to play chess. 
and uh, we when before that we used to always play baseball at the wall I used to pitch to him or he pitched to me but that's where I worked on my arm that's where I learned how to you know get that talent with, with my arm throwing those outlets and all like that so and it was a yeah sorry yeah okay no you, you mentioned that it was Dante Silverio who approached you about playing mm-hmm. here uh, how did he find out about you how did he uh, discover you or or scout you did he ever um, tell you well well actually what what happens is when when I was drafted by them you go out there to to the to the team what they do is they have what they call a mini camp yeah. and then what happens is they select um players from that camp to go down to what they called back then the LA league Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually at the time, if you guys are familiar, I was I came out with um, Magic Johnson in 1979. So that, down there in the L.A. League, you had all these type of players that were down there playing with other teams and we played. So it was like a showcased type of league. So he saw he saw me playing. And um, at the time, um, the um, Portland Trailblazers, had just won the, the uh, NBA championship. And the only person that they had wind up signing that year was Jim Paxson, who was the first round draft. Jim Paxson. Yeah. So that's when they knew uh, he, he had found, he saw me play and I guess he saw my ability and, um, and he had interest in me and he, he approached me and um, they took off from there. Uh, did you ever hear about the oh, PBA? Okay. Sorry, Charlie. Did you yeah, ever hear, uh, Andrew, about the PBA before that this is very approached you? I mean, did you have some friends no. who had played in the PBA? Yeah, um, but I hadn't heard about it. Uh, you know, my, my exposure, that was all new to me as far as even, you know, even the experience of being drafted. All this happened, like, really, you just got to think. It's, it was all within three months. You know, I get drafted. And spent the the summer uh, the, the summer season playing in the summer in the LA League with the uh, Portland Trailblazers, and then before I know it, here I am. I'm getting off of the plane and I'm landing in Manila. You know, <laughs> and I mean, I was, um, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm what I've learned about myself is that I I am uh, adventurous, um, uh, where I, I like to uh, to be. You know, I'm. You know, I'm. I, I. I can adapt to situations. A lot of people can't adapt to certain things. So, it was. It was something that it was a learning experience. But I. I, I got through that. You know, it was things that. You know, I mean, like you come in. You know, Philippines. I mean, I'm. I'm questioning. I'm calling my parents and asking, "Well, where's this?" And they tell me it's in Asia because it wasn't like I came home and went back. It was mm-hmm. just I took off right from L.A. to go there, you know, mm-hmm. to come and play with. Yeah, that's, a similar, that's a similar story from the other imports that we talked to, normal black yeah, friends, yeah. wise that's the same thing they said about exactly. the Philippines. But before we dive into your PBA career, and of course, I'm sure Noel and Sid have a bunch of questions about that, that five-year stint. Let's go back to Cheney and when you were in college. Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of a of a situation was it there? Uh, how was the program? You know, and you, you mentioned Coach uh, John Cheney. And your other coaches there. What kind of a program did they have? What was your role on the team? Did you did you get to play against some guys who became superstars in the NBA yeah. in your career? You know things like that. Let's, let's go back to your to well, your stint in college. Well, um, like I said, it, it started with um, 
Omni, uh, uh, Gene Hudgens, who is a local uh, legend around here in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, he introduced me to Coach Cheney, John Cheney. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I get there, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a kid. Pre- I was a kid pretty much a schoolyard. I played schoolyard basketball. So there was a lot of development that I still needed to, to learn to, to fine tune my game. So, of course, as my freshman year, you don't get the exposure. I mean, I played. I was always a starter. I was good enough to all for every game there was. I was a starter, but what happens is you wait your turn to get the, you know, the the star role. So, and it, and and what happens is on my my freshman year, you know, it was a learning process. We we were a successful team. We was always, um, always a contender. We always won the Eastern Regionals. That was something that we did in my all my four years. Um, uh, and then my sophomore year, you know, you're progressing, you know, you're, you're learning more. And a lot of that, a lot of that part of my, um, so, so somewhat career was a developmental stage where I was learning fundamentals of the game. And that's, and coach Cheney was a strong influence to that because, uh, he was just that kind of person, you know, he's, he is all that and he, he is, He's really who has, who was what taught me the game. He taught me how to, in other words, he taught me, he taught us all as a team that each and every one of us could have been out there to to play either any position that we could have been out there to play. You know, it wasn't not because we we were fit for it. You know I mean? I wouldn't be able to play guard if it's someone that's capable, but he taught us all to know the game that well so that we could enhance the game. In other words, we weren't just because of ourselves being a forward or a center or whatever. But so, um, and then we were, you know, we were progressing and then our, my, our junior year, we, was, we made a run for it and uh, we went 27 and two and we won the national championship and, um, and, I, and, I, and I became MVP um, in that um, championship game. And um, pretty much my senior year was a, it was my my turn to kind of like to be the leader on our team, and um, and we got back to the final four, but we 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 fell short, you know. So and it, it was a it was you know it was a little setback for me because I was really looking forward to trying to win back to back, you know. Uh-huh. But we 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 couldn't do it, but um, it was a great experience. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world because, you know, it was the first time that you get to be away from home, you know, kind of like have your own, you know, doing your own thing. Yeah. And it was a, it was a good experience. Good time. You weren't too far away though. I mean, you were in, in Pennsylvania, no, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. A couple of hours. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I had, and actually I had an aunt, I had family in Philadelphia. So that was somewhere where I could always jet to if I needed something, you know? So it was, um, it was it was a blessing to me because it, you know, uh, my senior year in high school, you know, I was I was I won't call it pressured, but my family wanted me to be the first to go to college, and um, and and it was like I was I was I, I'll tell I'll share an experience with you that's really personal to me that okay. that really changed my life, and this is for I, I normally don't expose myself this much, but. It was my my junior year 
I was cut from the team in, 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 in part to the fact that I didn't go to three practices in a row because I was still like, I was hanging out in the streets. You know, I had uh, uncles that owned the club Harlem here in Atlantic City. So I was having fun. I was a young kid, not, you know, still kind of enjoying life. And um, I'm sitting, and me and a few friends, we go to a, a little uh, um, liquor store, pick up a bottle of beer and, you know, some cigarettes, a pack of cigarettes. And we go and sit on a playground uh, not too far from the, in the area. So I'm sitting there and, and, and I'm getting all of this and I'm all, all that's going through my mind is that the things that my parents are telling me, my family's asking me to, you know, wanting me to go to college and all like that. And, um, and I'm sitting there with a bunch of friends and then they, my good friends, but they weren't going nowhere. <laughs> you know, they didn't have nothing, nothing wasn't pushing them. And, um, and, and really, and God spoke to me. And um, and and I pretty much I took my pack of cigarettes, balled it, balled them up, threw them in the gutter, left my my uh, bottle of beer there with them, and I walked off. And I told them, you know, I'm going to make this basketball team next year, which would have been my senior year in high school, and I'm going to, you know, you you know, make something of myself. And that's mm -hmm. literally, I was I was touched by God right then and there, right then and there. Great story. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Tell, tell us, uh, Andrew, uh, Andy, what, what was it like growing up? Um, um, you know, you none of your, you're saying in your family, nobody had gone to college. You were the only one who was supposed to go to college. So I was my, was well, my brother, did, yeah. he, my, my brother followed behind me. My, I have a brother, Rory. He's uh, five years younger than me. And, um, and he's my he's probably my biggest fan through all of that you know he's he's been there in the philippines with you guys as well and um and he was he was inspired too because that just gave him motivation to want to go to college as well because he wound up going to cheney after me you know several years after so and because he wanted to play for coach cheney as well he saw the type of program that he was building there and um and he, and he, you know, he followed in my shoes when it came to that that part of it. But yeah, I was the as far as the family, direct family, I was the first one to go, and and everybody was excited about it, which made it all an exciting thing. Because as we were being successful as a team, you know, I'm, I got I have family all over in um, <laughs> Philly and New York. Anytime we play somewhere, they all you know come, come in there to see the game. So. Mm -hmm. It was, a, it was, like I said, it was a good time. You know, I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, Andy, I have a question for you about your brother. But before that, I'd just like to say that one of your former teammates is watching, Reno Salazar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, he says uh, hi. Yeah, he'd like to say yeah, hi to Andres Bukin. Yeah, I think yeah. he's also he's based in California right now. Okay. And he said, I just <laughs> want to say hi to Andres Bukin. One of my favorite players that played. I appreciate that. Tell him I said hello as well, and that you know it was a pleasure to play with him. He was, a, he was, you know, I, I remember him as well. We used to hang out in the barracks that uh, when when my first year I stayed in the barracks there, and we used to shoot pool because you know it was a nice setup. There, Toyota was a very good organization, and I was glad yeah. and I was blessed to play for them. They was really a good organization. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back to your brother, I remember because 
Okay, this, uh, full disclosure, I'm a big Toyota fan. Uh, mm-hmm. There was this game, you, uh, it was a 1980 Open Conference, and there was a knockout game between you and Crispa, between Toyota mm-hmm. and Crispa, and you delivered the winning basket. I think that was a three-point play. And then mm-hmm. after that, uh, uh, when the buzzer sounded in the aftermath, um, someone uh, came out from uh, from the uh, the crowd and embraced you, and the commentator said it was your brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, was yeah, that uh, Rory? Yeah, yeah, that was him. He was there. Yeah, he was there. Okay. Yeah, he's. Uh, you know, it was. Um, uh, it was a time. You, you know, like um, I. I. Uh, I'm a little uh, superstitious sometimes. You know, I. I try. Um, you know, I, I don't like sometimes. Like when I have family, I was. I was. I'm. I'm I had my brother with me. Now, my brother, let me give you another example of that. Let me show you, give you another example. When uh, we was in, when I was in college, we before, to get us to the Final Four, the year that we won my uh, our junior year, I also hit the winning basket at the, in that game. And my family was up on, we, we were playing at the University of Yale. And the, uh, the you know University of Yale, that the, the place is huge. And he was, they were up on the second level balcony. Now, after I hit this shot at the buzzer, no sooner than it goes through, he's down there on the floor lifting me up, and I'm going like, "Where in the heck did he come from?" And <laughs> and from the story, from the story is that he had jumped from off of that that second balcony down to the next wow. um, level to run <laughs> yeah exactly so when you speak of that the same thing in, in manila that's that's you know that's just that it was the same type of reward rewarding feeling that you know that that i felt because that was a time um winning a championship that was a revenge game for me i was just telling my wife to be francine about um we had, if you remember, the year prior, mm-hmm. we had lost to um, Utrecht. Uh, Utrecht. Utrecht. Uh, when we had a four-point lead. With yeah, six I'm going to ask you that later. <laughs> and, yeah. and they came back and tied the game yeah. and took us in yep. overtime. And we'll right, talk about right. that later. So, we'll talk about that. That's, that's, that's the crazy so, game, yeah. yeah. So my focus that whole season was nothing – but to get back to winning the championship game. And that's, so yeah, if you yeah. can only imagine the, the adrenaline that was going through me at the time that we had beat them. <laughs> when you're talking about that last buzzer play, that was that was when I get a rebound, offensive rebound, and I put it back up over um, Hardy, James mm-hmm. Hardy. James Hardy, right. Me. And, and, it, and, uh, and we wind up going on to win the game, winning the championship. So yeah. yeah, I remember I remember pretty much everything to detail with, with stuff like that in my career. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure you remember uh, to detail as well the first time you landed in the yeah. Philippines. This was your first overseas trip. How old were you? 24? Uh, yeah, 22, 22, 21. Yeah, yeah, 22, 21. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. And and it, it was an experience too, man. Because um, I mean, I learning the country like i said i i've after the philippines i've been everywhere and the one thing is that i i've been able to do was to 
to adapt. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I was, I'm, I was never, I'm never uh, shy of learning something and, and to learn you guys culture, to learn the people, you know, I mean, there were things that we did. I mean, let me tell you something. Dante Zaverio was a, he was a good guy. And even my man, what's the guy that, that um, managed him after that book? Um, I can't remember the name. Edel or Fort Acuna? Yeah. Uh, no, so, uh, no, the, the manager. It was oh, Pablo Carlos. Yeah, yeah, it was Carlos. That's exactly. They were both two great guys. I mean, they took us in Providence, in Providence, and you know, took us around, you know, and exposed us to the country, in which was, you know, I mean, I was even invited to uh, a few of the cop fights. I don't know how legal that was. Back <laughs> <to me. laughs> yeah, oh, very legal. Still, it's still going still legal here. Illegal Unfortunately, now. yeah. But, but I mean. I mean, it, it was, it, it was, I mean, I have memories, man, that you can't even imagine. And, and Cebu, uh, where uh, Dante had, a, he had a, his own island down there. And, I mean, like, Lord, Lord, Lord. I, I mean, I've had a great time, <laughs> you know, and, and, and to play with the players that were there, they was, they, they embraced me so well. I mean, Ramon, Sonny, Francis, uh, Arnie Twalas, all those guys, they were just like, they just they, they brought me in like I was one of theirs. So I, I mean, I was so thankful to be a part of something like that. Yeah, they were pretty good landed, players. But too. when you yeah, sorry, Andy, but when you landed in the Philippines, you know, this is your first time in a foreign country. You're on a plane for about what sixteen hours, eighteen yeah, hours yeah. to get to to Manila. Yeah, it was when a, you got to Manila, what was your impression? I mean, it's a a hot country. There's no yeah. traffic rules. So right, right. what was your impression of, uh, well, of the Philippines well, well, when you got it, here? It was, it was all shocking, you know what I mean? But it, it was all shocking, but, and, and it's, you know, I, I called it, a, a, well, I called it a third world country at that time, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because like you said, but um, the process of learning, the process of, um, like I said, um, the organization was so good in, in, at embracing me and showing me a welcoming time. And I have to give some, I have to also give credit to uh, Bruce Sky King because he was the, uh, the other foreigner that I played yeah. with mm -hmm. who embraced me as well. They showed me around and showed me the ropes about things. So um, and may he rest in peace. But um, it was definitely, um, I was, you know, God had his hands on me because, you know, he gave me an experience there that I would never, always, you know, keep with me. I suppose it was it was Bruce uh, Sky King who, you know, you immediately bonded with. I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's exactly. automatic, right? If there's an yeah. import pair, it's, it's the two imports who probably hang yeah. out together most and all of that. Uh, he had played for a couple of years. What did he tell you? You know, when you first got here, what did he say about the culture, the game, the referees, etc.? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he gave me an insight of things. He just told me what, you know, like um. I mean, it was just good that he was a decent person, you know, because, um, you know, it's places that I mean, you, you know, like there are different players that even played there in Manila that did not reflect. The decency they they you know i mean as talented as, as they were you know they were out out partying they weren't representing themselves well and um i was just fortunate to be in that company where a person 
wasn't that way. Cause I, I, you know, I would have to reject something like that if I would see it, you know, and Bruce was a decent person. He really showed me the ropes, showed me places to go to eat, showed me, put, you know, we, we weren't, we weren't, we weren't the partying type. We weren't trying to go out and, and, uh, you know, chase after women or go and get drunk or all that where you see a lot of reflection of that in other uh, players and stuff like that. And, and what I might, and then I will say that it reflected on teams that would actually wind up being in the playoffs, playing in the championship games, because it was those quality imports players that were there that, that showed dignity that, that, that really represented themselves well, that, you know, would always be in the final games playing for, you know, playing for the prize, you know, so. But you mentioned, you mentioned Bruce took you around to, to the places where you want to eat. Uh, so where did you and Bruce used to hang out a lot when you were well, in it, Philippines? It was that, what was that? What, it was called the Continental. That was the Continental. Um, hotel? The hotel? Yeah, that hotel, it, yeah. Yeah, it's going to close down, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure recently. it did by now. Yeah, I'm sure it's by right now. And, yeah. and and other places that I can't remember, but offhand. But he took that was one that, that sticks with me. The pancake house for breakfast. Oh yeah, oh it's yeah, still around, still around, still around. I mean, just it's so crazy about that because back then I could probably eat about eight pancakes. Now I can't. Get, you know, you know. I mean, I guess I, it, I, I guess I have as nothing on pancake house. I have as nothing on pancake house. Pancake house yeah, is the best. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so. So it was places like that that um, you know it was it was good times you know to sit and socialize and you know run into the different players back and forth. How soon did you how soon did you realize Andy that because uh, of course you went to your first practice and then you met the the local players as you mentioned mm -hmm. Juan Fernandez, Sonny Jaworski, who are some of the best in Philippine basketball history. Mm -hmm. How soon did you realize hey hey Bruce? We've got a good bunch of locals here. I mean, you know, there's oh, a yeah. great bunch of talented oh, yeah. guys here. Well, that was that that kind of stuff was automatic. That was, um, you know, you could you could see talent. You can recognize quality players and um, right from the bat. Um, you know, especially when they can come and tell you what they you know what they would expect of you. You know, you know, for me to do or something like that, which was. You know that leader, that leadership came from Sonny. He was really a good uh, point guard, and um, and it was you know you could see the talent, you know. And then of course when you when we were in competition, you know you see other talents that you know I I would never think, especially in in the Filipinos, you know, to have that kind of talent, you know. And and I think that it's a good thing because, you know. Um, we as Americans think that basketball is such a American sport and that other um, nationalities, you could may, may you say, can't learn it as well, you know what I mean? Or, or can't play it as well as we do. But of course, in, in due time, as you can see through the Olympics and the times when um, America lost and all like that, you can see the progress that the world, the rest of the world was making. So. That's how it, you know, you well, know I've been around. When you were, when you were with Toyota the first time, I mean, you're this young kid. Who of all the locals, there was another young kid on that team who had also joined Toyota for the first time. His name is Arnie Tuadles. 
He was a rookie oh, yeah. at the time. Um, yeah. Who did you bond with immediately among the locals uh, when you joined Toyota for the first time in 79? Uh, uh, well, well, the guys that were staying, like, just like you said, Salazar, he stayed in the barracks that, that first time. Um, Arnie was in the barracks at the time. And, and um, uh, golly, I can't remember his, 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 um, his name. He was Give funny. Me the jersey but, number, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't remember the numbers and all, but he, it was a. It was. A, it was a few guys that was in the barracks there. That was, you know, they were just good, you know, good guys. I mean, they. Um, but and Arnie was one of them. And like Arnie Twilis was a true talent. He was a raw talent. He was. Uh-huh. He was. He was. Man, I mean, when I heard about his situation, I it, it took me to my knees. I cried for him. You hear me? I cried for him because um, he had a, he was a good person, he, you know. I mean, I mean, when I heard about what happened, I can understand what what can happen in situations like that, you know, because he was, you know, he was a confident person, you know what I mean, you know. And I know that that gambling sometimes can get a little fierce with people when they take it wrong, but um, yeah, I. I I, I, I teared up a lot for him because he had a good heart. He was a good man. Yeah. He's a pretty good player too. I mean, he was oh, he was a rookie. Good. So you guys were he rookies just, in the PBA at the same time. Yeah. yeah, I would call him a bad boy. He he could ball. <laughs> you hear me? He, he yeah. could ball. He could ball. I'm telling you, he could ball. He could do everything on the court. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you. <laughs> You have any Arnie Tawadla stories that you want to share with us? I'm sure you guys were the two youngest on the team. I'm sure you guys had a lot yeah. of uh, moments together. Well, I, you know, a lot of things. You know, a lot, a lot of things that I had with Arnie was, um, you know, like, I, I, I mean, I know we were rookies at it and we were fresh at it, but you know, sometimes I would, you know, I would get give, give advice as well, and and sometimes he would have to learn it through the process. So I was there's, there's a lot of times I would have to give him a look like, you know, like, you see what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, cause you know, he was, he, 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 he was hyped. He was, he was one of those like hype guys, you know, he, he went on instinct. He just went on raw yeah. instinct. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 so, and, it, and it, most of the time it paid off for him, but there's sometimes you got to still keep your head about yourself as well, you know? Right. And those are the things that, you know, I tried to, I tried to encourage him, you know, to give him a better perspective, which, you know, I, I know even, even l- later in my basketball career, I started getting a little like hyped about things too, but, um, I, you know, I, I learned to calm down in time, you know, because, you know, it, it was a little more personal than at that time. That's all. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us about your first game, if you remember what happened, the first time you uh, took the floor with uh, with well, Toyota in 1979? Actually, well, I, yeah, actually, I don't think I had played too well, to be honest with you, because, um, well, you know, Bruce was still, Bruce had a lot of the action at that time. Um, I think right. that they started him and, you know, he had had, you know, he, and he, you know, he, he was in rhythm. He knew, he knew the, the whole gambit of things, how, how the game was played and how the guys were playing. And, um, 
And I mean, I'm, I probably play, played fair, you know, had a good, decent game, but, you know, I learned how to progress with, 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 with um, adapting to the players and the styles or what, how they played. You know what I mean? That was the secret for me to learn how, what I, to expect from them. And, and, you know, like when you talk about um, me throwing that outlet pass, I guess when then guys started understanding, because I used to tell them, go, you know, like when I would get a rebound, go, they would, they didn't have that concept to understand that for a while until they started going and I started throwing it to them and they started <laughs> like, oh, well, this works. Okay. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, and uh, and all of them would be out there doing it from Twilight to uh, Anais to Sonny and all of them would be going, you know, so it, it worked out well where they just started seeing the talents that I have had and what they can benefit from what I'm capable of doing as well, you know, so and it, and it slowly but surely, um, you know, no discredit to uh, Bruce, but you know, I was progressing. I started getting better at adapting to the situation. And, um, and I, you know, pretty much became a starter there and, and, you know, just started taking off from there. And, you know, the, the guys were just, like I said, they embraced me. 1979 um, was your first year, but uh, so no, no, championship uh no you did win the championship yeah, in invitational. invitational yeah. championship and you played yeah. against uh crispa bernard harris and irv chapman yeah. the two imports for crispa bernard harris yeah. was lighting it up he was the main guy yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, irv yeah. chapman not so much but bernard harris was was so great but how, how did you because because this crispa toyota thing had been going on for a few years already here in right, the philippines right, it was the right. greatest rivalry perhaps in philippine sports you know it, it's like a celtics right. lakers kind of thing and, uh, yes. you know, so obviously they told you about it, but you, you, you weren't part of it before that. But, but I'm pretty right. sure you quickly embraced the fact that, hey, these are, this is the enemy. These guys <laughs> right. are green. These guys are the enemy. So how, can you tell us about that, that dynamic for you? I mean, a new guy comes in and, and they're telling you, hey, those are our, our, our worst enemies. You better play your best. We have to beat these guys. You know, and, and you had to condition your mind. Yeah, well, it, that was, um, you know, um, I, I would – Credit that to, to Dante Saverio because he, at times, he would talk to me. He says, all right, these are our enemies. This, this is why, you know, he would, and, and, and he would use, he would use finesse in saying it to me because, you know, he would say to me, this is why I brought you over. You know what I'm saying? He, in other words, it was his way of encouraging me to play my best to, to, um, to beat them. And, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, so um, they was, you know, I, I, I picked up on the rivalry right from the door. That was that that was a given. But um, you know, when you're out there, it's those those guys were just as tough. I mean, they had they had a good, you know, Atec Cole, Cole, all those guys. They had some they had some heck of a ball players that that were just as well matched with with our, with our players as well. So it was you you could see that it really came down to sometimes the differences between the imports and things like that, because a lot of the, uh, the Filipinos were equally matched, you know what I mean? So it, sometimes it did take for the imports to stand out a little more than the other, you know, to uh, make the difference. So, so yeah. What was it like uh, during your first Chris Patriota game? Araneta Coliseum is full 
and uh, mm-hmm. you you know that you're right in front of the enemy. How did you feel? Were was you were you nervous? Were you determined? Or and then when the game started, how did the atmosphere feel for you? Um, well, I, I I mean, nerves sometimes is good for you as long as you can know how to handle it. You know, because it's it really to me nerves is what focuses you. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, you have to if you're not nervous for anything that you do in, in competition, then you're not ready to, to, to do battle for whatever the case may be. Because to me, it brought focus to me because it just made me know that, all right, then I got to go out here and deal with it. But like you said, first of all, I was just overwhelmed at the fact that here I am in Ar- the Ardenetta Coliseum. It had what, like 25,000 people it was the same place where Muhammad Ali and yeah. Joe Frazier fought. Mm-hmm. You know, really here I, and and the um, <laughs> and and the fact that and, and and actually to tell you the truth, it was no air conditioning. It, it, it was. <laughs> right. it, it there was. Working. You didn't feel it though. Because, because every because everybody in there was smoking cigarettes, and there was like a, <laughs> a, a puff of cloud everywhere. Right. So you know you. You would have to really be in good, have yourself in good shape, and be in good focus to to get through that because it was it was a it was a you know a hot tub in there. You you playing and you sweating, you you balling. So, um, but I, I never um, I don't I don't get intimidated by crowds because it, one of the things that I did learn, and that's pretty much in college, that I credit to uh, Coach Cheney was that he always put, he always told us not to focus into the crowd. You know, like, you know, people screaming at you, things like that. You know, and even in cases, some cases people can throw something to you, don't get caught up into it. So, um, you know, a lot of my experiences from college and playing in big gyms uh, have prepared me for something like that, you know, to be able to overcome, uh, you know, those kind of situations. So it was, it was never a problem for me. I mean, I, I, I was never, I always kept, kept it within the, the frame of the, the court and, and just played the game. Charlie no, likes I, to ask this question a lot. I, I think you're going to ask the question anyway, Charlie. Who welcomed you to the PBA? Who gave you your <laughs> first major league hit when you entered as a 21, 22 year old in the PBA? <laughs> <laughs> Why you say that? <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people who want to send a message to the import. Hey, there's this young kid. He's the import of Toyota. We got to send him a message. <laughs> well, I mean, listen. I mean, I, I, I think I held my own to be honest. You know, like, um, and the the thing there's there's a lot of people who are were talented um, imports that were there. Um, but I think that in time, you know, I, I, I demonstrated to them what kind of player I was. And it wasn't like it, it didn't have to be dirty. It didn't have to be because I was throwing elbows. It didn't have to be because I'm going to talk to you, you know, you know, point my finger at you. I, I tried to demonstrate it by example. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that even when, when guys might, might even have tried to intimidate me in any way, then, then I would just, okay, you know, it would be just that I would have to just show them by playing the game the way I know how to right, play. Right. So, um, and I think that that's how you gain the respect um, 
you know, and I, and I wind up, I went on to have an 18-year career, and that's pretty much the respect that I gained around the world for that, for that matter, you know, because I let my, I let my game show it, not the, not the words. You know, right, that's action, true. You know? yeah, yeah, that's true. We, we remember, you uh, know, obviously the, the local big guys would try to, you know, hit you or whatever, and you'd just be cool. You just block their shot on the next play. That's that's what you would do, right? Well, I mean, you know, that's that's you know that's all a part of it. You know, what I mean, and that and that's how you get, gain the respect. And um, and I've had I've had incidents in other parts of the world that I've played where someone would react, and um, you know, I would just buckle down and just show them the game. You know what I mean? Show them my game. Show how how well I can play at it. So. And and I yeah. and and it's not to to brag about anything. It's not to. It's just that I know I know where my limitations of my game can go when I want to mm-hmm. go there. So, you know I, I you know it's like waking up a lion. You know what I mean? Well, you know you you're not now you woke me up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's it's that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Sid, you have some. And yeah, no, uh, I just wanted to uh, talk about one of your other teammates uh, on Toyota. Uh, he was our guest last time, uh, Mon Fernandez. Mm-hmm. He uh, eventually he went on to win four MVPs and he retired as the all-time leader in scoring and in rebounds and block shots and won 19 championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your first impression when you first uh, teamed up with him and uh, after playing with him for uh, five seasons? Um, mm-hmm. when you finally left, did you did you did you think back then that oh this guy is going to be one of the all time greats? Uh, yeah, I, when 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 you pretty much just started running off his statistics, I wasn't surprised <laughs> because uh, Ramon was Ramon. I I left there talking about Ramon. Ramon could have probably gone anywhere else in the world and played. And been been a part of a team. That's just how talented he was, as far as um, speaking him, of him specifically, because he he uh, he just had good skills and he knew how to use them. You know, he you know, like I spoke to you about um, when I interviewed came broke into y'all interview with him last week about his yeah. his elbows. He knew <laughs> he knew how to use that to keep to lure off people to you know which gave him the space to take his shot or make a move to the basket. And uh, as far as my relationship with him, it was, you know, we, right from the door, we hit off very well because what he, what he could see, first of all, me as a player, I knew the talent that I had around me. So I wasn't trying to be a stand. I wasn't trying to take over the show by trying to score X amount of points every night because I knew that, Hey, he could do this. Ramon could do that. Sonny could do this. Francis could do this. I wasn't there to try to take that away from them. I was just there to enhance their abilities even more. So when he could see that, all right, you get the ball inside inside to me and you make a cut or something, that I can make a pass to you or whatever, they, he, that's how we started becoming very compatible with understanding each other's game. and 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 that's what made it good for us because he was pretty much playing a forward position inside along with me playing a center position. So we, we adapted very well. So, um, but like you say, those numbers, 
I, I would have expected that from him because that's just how talented that he is. Yeah. Well, Sid asked the question about Ramon Fernandez. I'm going to ask the question about Sonny Jaworski. How special was this gentleman by the name of Sonny Jaworski? Well, he, he listen. He 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 was he embraced everything. He he was a good leader. He was a. I mean, we, we know his talent. That when you, you know he could shoot, you know he could pass, you know he could dribble, you know all those things. But he knew how to direct us. And that was one of the things that made, even without me there, even for them being successful with the All-Filipino League, he knew how to, to direct. And that's probably what kept him playing the game as long as he did because he, he loved organization. He knew, he knew how to organize. And... Um, <laughs> Let me tell you, he, he, he's a, let me tell you something. I, I, I got to share this with you. And, and, and this is going to get you guys to probably fall to your knees on this one, right? Okay. So, because, because I'm, obli I'm oblivious to all of it. Because we all know about the black market situation that was happening in the Philippines. So one time, um, <laughs> Sonny has the ball out there at the top of the key or around in, in that area. And I don't know, it might have been Abby or it might it probably been Abby or Ramon. They were like uh, 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 like like huddling underneath for the basket, asking for the ball, like hit me, you know, pass the ball, pass the ball. And the, the referee was on the baseline, like all bent down in the position, you know, looking in the in the uh the zone area, you know, in the in the uh in the middle of the uh, the court, right? And the guy asked for the ball and asked for the ball and asked for it. And Sonny took it and threw one of them baseball passes. And and I think it was Abby. And they just moved out the way and the ball smashed the referee because he was cheating. <laughs> he was he was calling, he was calling bad calls on us. Oh. And, the, and, and so like I said, I'm out there dumbfounded because I'm not I'm not understanding what was going on. So but and the guy moved out the way and the ball smashed his, the referee in the face and he must have fell to the floor. And they was like, oh, yeah. Like, in other words, we know what you're doing. They was telling them. They, they was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah they were yeah, sending yeah, a yeah, message, yeah. huh? Yeah, they were sending a message big time. They were sending a message big time. But I was I was so dumbfounded to it because I was like, man, when we catch the ball and make the layup, you know, they was like, oh, no, we, you know, we, we'll get give that one up. You know, that was funny. I'm telling you. That was, that was a crazy story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we do the have, guy, uh, at, at this point, I'm sorry, trying to go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, though, the guy probably deserved it anyway, huh? Yeah, yes. right. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you that because, I mean, they, they knew something. I mean, it was, it was between them, you know, the guys, you know what I mean? And, you know, and it's funny because I did, you know, um, being there, I know that, you know, it's, I knew that it existed, but I, no one had, never came and approached me about that because, I just never would, would play the game for that purpose. And I guess that they just knew better. You know what I mean? So, uh, but, but, <laughs> but when they saw, when they saw, when they saw a referee out there doing some dirty stuff, boy, they, they knew how to get to him. Well, Andy, at this point, Sid, uh, Sid has prepared a few photographs for us to oh. take you even further back in time. Uh, I, I think Sid's got some, some photos he wants to show you. Probably yeah, we'll just show us. you a few photos. You know, maybe yeah. you remember something when you see them. Oh, you know who's watching us right now? There's the, the famous baseball pass. You know who's watching now? Bernie Fabiosa, one of the CRISPR guys, is actually oh, watching. Oh, yeah. Fabiosa, yeah. Tell him I I'm said sure hi, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, this was, I think, 1980 when, when there was an invitational conference yeah. and uh, yeah, two guest teams. This one was, I think, Adidas Rubber World of Friends, if I remember yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. When uh, it was it was like when those guys knew I could start throwing that. Everybody was racing. They would they would be out. They would whoever would get out first would be ready to get out there first. You know, for me to throw that pass to them. And it was so easy for you to throw that pass. I mean, you've got huge hands, Mr. Fields. I, I've been looking at your hands on front of you now as we're as we're talking to you. You got you got those Dr. J hands. Yeah, yeah, I was you know, <laughs> it's yeah, it was it's it's they they've been good to me. I'm, I'm having a wrist problem right now, but mm-hmm. um, they my my, I, and I've always had good hands, good reactions. If someone throw the ball to me, I was, you know, I was fortunate with that too. Look at yes. Roland yeah. Fernandez in the shot. He said, "All right, who's he gonna hit? Is it gonna be yeah. Florencio? Or yeah. Is it gonna be yeah. up nice?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had you had it's lots of targets. You, know, you you were yeah. lucky that that there was a bunch of guys thoroughbreds on your team yeah. that could really go That's up right. there, you know, up ahead and, and and get those catch them and make the shot too. That's right. That's right. Now now yeah. the thing about it is is like now that that same type of pass was easier for me to throw it to someone like Twaddles more so than Francis because it would have to almost be almost perfect for Francis or Sonny because they weren't as tall enough to, you know what I'm saying, to extend themselves if I had. But if if, if it was um, Twaddles out there, it was like, that was money every time because I just knew that he, he, could, he could, you know, outreach someone. But I mean, it, it was, I was successful in, in all ways, but it was just that, um, Twilight was a bigger target for me to throw it to. Judging by your facial expression, this was a pass to our dice because you, you had to throw it correctly. <laughs> but yeah, generally, this is why the way uh, fast breaks were run back in the day, though. You know, uh, outlet passes, baseball passes. Today, when a big guy gets a rebound and gives it off to the point guard, and yeah. then they, they run down the court. Yeah, Sometimes but back the then big guy was... doesn't give it up anymore now. Yeah, yeah the big guy, guy just runs it down. down. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, Magic Johnson changed that. <laughs> <laughs> he changed that. How, how was it to play against these foreign teams in the Invitationals, Andy? I mean, of course, you know, even yeah, if you were an import, there. even if you were an import, it's like you were playing for the Philippines against these foreign teams, right? You were like yeah. a Filipino playing. And so that was the attitude, I suppose. How was it to play against these foreign guys? Well, it was, it was, I mean, it was good because uh, it gave me, you know, you know, it's like, uh, how, how can I share it with you? Um, you know, when I'm here locally, where I'm at here, when I was born and raised here in Lang City, when you're playing with the same guys that you, you know, every time you, you have pickups, you know, you're playing the same guys, you pretty much get adapted to being able to, to play them. You know what I mean? So it's not, you, you you can you, know, you can anticipate the, what what they do. It's it's when you plan when you when we when I would go and go to Philly to play or I go to Maryland to play. You don't know these play. These are all new to guys are new to you, so you don't know how they react. So that's the that's kind of like was the good thing about when we were playing other foreign teams mm-hmm. that it gave you a, a sense of trying to be, um, be alert. And um, and get focused on how a person plays because it'll be the unexpected that will get to you. You know what I mean? Until until you get adapted 
you know, maybe after a first quarter or after the first half, then you can understand what a player plays like, you know what I mean? So those are the things that I try to embrace when I, um, I'm playing someone mm -hmm. for the first time. All right. Yeah. This conference, I think you guys finished runner up to one of the other uh, guest teams, Nicholas Studley yeah. mm -hmm. of the U.S. I remember. The, yeah, 1980. Um, the next one is this is San Miguel in San Miguel. In San Aaron, James. Aaron, Aaron James. Aaron uh, James. Who's the other guy? Yeah, I can't yeah. remember the other guy. Now, I, the, um, I know that Aaron played with um, Glenn McDonald. Right, that was in, in New Texas. Then he played for San Miguel. Yeah, this also. is San Miguel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this okay, San Miguel. San Miguel. This is his oh, second yeah, I can't, uh, yeah, I can't remember which one that you was. Know what? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. someone will put it, you know, someone will yeah. see, and then one of the fans will post who yeah, that other was, import is. Yeah, this was, not, I think, 81 already because Aaron James is already with uh, San Miguel this time. Yeah, but, you know but, what? I think yeah. I watched this game live. If mm -hmm. I remember correctly, I watched a Toyota San Miguel game live in 1981. Yeah, so I, I'm that there somewhere the, in the background. That was the year. That was the year we won it. 81. We won it. That was the year I was the best import. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You you yeah. played with Victor King in 1981. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you yeah, also Vic, beat. Uh, yeah. You beat Chris Toyota. Pa. Ah, Crispa. You beat Crispa in the three two. That went three two. Yeah. I remember that, and that was and, the last uh, Crispa Toyota finals. Well, let's, let's, uh, yeah, really? well, well you know, we're going we're going along. Yeah, that's the last time Toyota and Crispa played in the finals was 1981. Yeah. Wow. Now going back a little, this one. Oh, look at this. Yeah, you're dunking over Fritz Gaston. That's this was against <laughs> Utex right. yeah, in 1980, Utex. and now, yeah, who's, this... that, who's that player? Who's that player? Fritz Gaston. That's Gaston. Fritz Gaston. Yeah, well, the other one, it was the shoot. It was a shooter on that squad. You, you, Adornado. Folks, Adornado. Oh, Avenado. Yep, that's the boy. Let me tell you something. He was, <laughs> mm, that boy was bad. Avenado was a good player. He was, yep. he was a real good player. I had He's a lot a three, of three time MVP. Oh, let me tell you something. He, he was, he was bad boy. He was bad. Him and Atoy Quo, Quo for the CRISPR. Yeah. Those guys was was sharp, you know. I, I, as guards and stuff, I remember them because they were, you know, they were always some somebody that you had to uh, cont contest with. You know, what I mean, mm -hmm. you had to make sure you played them well. Yeah, you had to pick them up off the switch, and when you had to pick them up off the switch, you that's knew you right. were in trouble, right? Right. That's right. That's right. You had yeah, to step yeah, out yeah. on them. Yeah, Boggs had a, had a good stroke. Boggs had another yeah. really good. Stroke. Oh man, he had. Oh man, I'm telling you, man. And he had a, and he, and he and he had a good body, you know. He had a good size on him, you know. Yeah, and he had that pump fake that everyone just yeah. bit into. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. them guys distinctively. Yeah. Yeah. How can you forget okay. someone as good as us, both that are not? Yeah. Going back here briefly, um, Jay Mercado just messaged. This is actually James Robinson. Okay. Oh, is that oh, James, James Robinson? Robinson. Yeah, it's a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. a lot taller. James Robinson is like what six, three, six, four, or something like that, right? Yeah, but yeah, he's probably he's probably going it. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's me blocking or trying to go for a rebound or what. I think it looks like it's a rebound play. Looks like I yeah. don't know. Mm -hmm. can't be yeah. sure. But I remember yeah. Andrew that you were the first to imports because before that everybody was like in the post, but you guys started taking it to the sky. Uh, you started dunking a lot. Um, your your rivalry, of course, with guys like Cyrus Mann and eventually Snake Jones, also. 
What was it like mm. going up against those big CRISPR imports as well? Yeah. I have well, a photo. You know, that, that, that actually, that, that, that actually, that enhanced my game because I, I played big. You know what I mean? I, I knew how to uh, play against guys like, like Snake. Snake Jones was about 6'9", 6, 6'10". Six, uh-huh. right. so, but I knew how to guard against that because in, in my through my college career, um, I played against bigger guys. I was playing pretty much as center until my senior year. My, co- my coach gave me the uh, – the rain to play like the three spots so I could start scoring more. But um, I, I felt more comfortable when I was playing against this because I, I knew how to play the interior. So uh, it, I, I liked the challenge. Um, I thought I did pretty well at it. So, mm-hmm. you know. No, but, you know, but uh, like, if you look at this photo now, you're dunking over someone from the UTEX Wranglers. That's, that's Fritz mm-hmm. Gaston. So, so I think maybe this is the time to talk about it already. You know, in by 1980, your second season in the PBA, you had replaced Cyrus Mann as the best defensive big guy that ever came into the PBA. Because it was Cyrus Mann earlier on that it, that it was you already. But then you played UTEX in the finals, as you mentioned earlier. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's right. game five, and, and you're supposed to... Win already right. four with sixteen yeah. seconds to go in regulation. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, so That's what right. happened? Based on what you remember? Well, what 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 happened was that it was really a a mental lapse because what happened is we were more when you know four four point lead with sixteen seconds. We didn't protect the the game. We 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 didn't finish it. We didn't. We just didn't complete the our 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 task. And what happened is Glenn um, McDonald's come down, pop, he hits a quick shot. I think we get laxed on an inbounds play or, or even when we came down to try to score. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, Aaron, uh, Glenn was going to a basket and I was going up to block the shot and Aaron came behind, Aaron James, and uh, scored the layup behind it. And next thing you know, we go into overtime and then we lose the game in overtime. But let me tell you something. That that stayed with me until we won it. I mean, you know, I mm-hmm. I I'm, that was the that was the worst loss in my entire career. I I tell you the I, I tell you the truth because I, I could you know just as you talk about it having a four point lead with sixteen seconds and you know to know that even with me out on the floor to had the, the opportunity to do something about it that, you know, like anything that I think that I could be a part of changing, you know, um, but I, I, I was, I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't gather us to, to finish it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it, was, this, it was a hard, yeah, it was a hard game, loss. Yeah, Andrew. During this game, uh, I was—I um, heard—we heard a story from one of our former guests that after the turnover, uh, the, the pass that was intercepted by Glenn McDonald, Francis Arnais was the first one down, and he gave up the foul to put McDonald on the line to send it into overtime. Uh, I, you know, I, we were told the story that you were telling Francis to don't chase him down. I got him. I'm gonna block him. Yeah, yeah. That was that, that was the truth. Yeah, uh-huh. that was the truth. That was the truth. I was. I mean. And I and, and actually that's um, um, 
I was I was hoping that that would be the case because I know that he I knew Glenn's game pretty much. I mean, when how how he would go to the basket, and I mean, you know, you can't be sure of nothing, but I, I think that if he'd have let him go to go in there for the layup, I think I'd be able to swipe that swipe it away. But and that's all we just needed at that point, right then and there, just mm-hmm. for me to swipe and keep it in play and get the ball and then we you know they'll they'll have to foul us at that point you know what i'm saying but um it just didn't go that way you know francis uh, you know and it's no blame to anyone you know i mean but i tell you what i was proud of our guys because like i said the next year coming back that was all that i that that was our focus was to win that championship and and there's a there's i have a i have a magazine the what is it the the, the sport magazine what is it called sports weekly had, sports weekly yeah yeah or sports the, or weekly the champ yeah. where if you remember well where you know that was the year the following year was the year I was best import mm-hmm. and then it, in in there it said all work and no play I, I I keep that that because that because that was the focus that I had you know that I mean it, that couldn't have been said any better you know what I mean because yeah yeah. That's how much that meant to me to come for us to come back and to win that championship the following year. Yeah. Well, here it is. Uh, this is you getting the uh, the first ever actually best import uh, citation from the yeah. from the PBA. This is after That's you guys right. beat CRISPR. Right. And that, yeah, you uh, know, I, it, there's a story about that because um, I guess. I had already won it, but it was something that they they didn't they didn't know whether or not that they wanted to announce it to me. In other words, if we would have lost the game, had they <laughs> would they have announced it there in public? And um, you know, you know, things happen um, the way they happen for a reason, you know. And and it was it was you know, like I said, it was that was a triumph time because. Um, you know, that was the total reward of, you know, because I was deflated when we lost the year before. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> losing losing was not something that I, I was used to, especially uh-huh. in championships. Uh, uh, um, Andy, I'm going to ask the last question about that game. Our good friend Jay Mercado asked me to ask you this. Um, Abby King said that you were supposed to give up a foul against Aaron James because uh, you guys weren't in penalty yet, but no foul was done. And uh, yeah. uh, I think uh, Coach Ford Acuna instructed you from the bench to make this foul. Is this true? It, it might have been. I mean, I can't be uh, certain about how that went down because I think um, – uh, but it, it, it's probably true. It's probably um, – I just didn't know. Uh, it happened real quick what he did. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. he it was like a spin move or something that he did. And, uh, and it, it was just – I'll just let him go. And uh, and it just you know it turned out that way, but um, yeah. Well, that's breaks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's uh, that's how it uh, goes. Here he is, <laughs> Sky King. That's my man. Man, let me tell you something. When I heard about his situation, I was very close to his family, and um, and he had, he had um, he went. He was he was heading over to Europe to play. He was playing. He was going to be playing in Italy, and he had, and he was working out, trying to get his body in the best shape that he could be, 
you know, to play. And um, we went out, and his mother told me he went out and ran X amount of miles. And he came back and came and sat in a reclining chair and and, and left us. It was in 2010 yeah. when the. Yeah, when and I mean, I was away. like. How old was, was he then already? I mean, he yeah, already had a long career, and then he's trying to make a comeback at, in exactly 2010. Well, I'm not sure. I, well, that was just it. I think when you know he 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 had had problems holding his his weight down. You know what I mean. So what happened is he got an opportunity to play in Italy. The money was pretty pretty nice. You know what I mean. So he was trying to get himself there. So they, you know they gave him an opportunity, signed him. So he was out there working and trying to get himself in in good condition. Man, you got to send me that quick, um, picture. You hear me, man? Y'all got to okay. send me that. Yeah, we, we will. will. We, we will. will. Sure. Don't worry. Right now, everyone. You know, look, yeah. look at that young. Look at that young guy on the right, man. Look yeah. at that young <laughs> <kid>. <laughs> With the afro too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, so I'm yeah, bald. got a mini afro I'm, going, going there. I'm going bald now. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, but Andy, how was he as a? You, you, you've talked uh about um his character how he is how he was as a person but how was uh bruce as a player i, mean, I think a lot of uh fans uh don't rem- um maybe didn't weren't able to watch him play uh how just how good was he on the court he was good i mean he had a he had an, a, an exterior presence you know he i mean he, he he could shoot that three like it was god i mean i mean he he he, he was a you know, because that was the first thing that happened when I came to practice and I was competing against him. You know, I'm thinking that he's going to go and post down low so for me to get ready to guard him down there. And he was out there sticking three-point shots like it was going out of style. And I was, <laughs> I, I, you know, I had to adjust to that because, um, but uh, yeah, he, he was talented. He knew how to play. He was, you know, when I looked the history up, I think he came out either third round or something like that as well, out of, out of Dayton or something like that. He was, you know, he was he was a good player. He was a good player. Um, I just think that over time, I mean, like he, he just uh, like like even for myself, just to share with you guys. I mean, I probably if if the seasons were were long enough, especially for like open conference play. I understand mm-hmm. that it was all uh, sometimes to to have the um, um, all Filipino league, and that's that was like three months. And then you had the um, six five and under league, that was like three months. Mm-hmm. Now, but for me, where it became difficult was one, the one one season. It went the the cycle had changed. Like when I first got there, it was open, then it was open, and then they changed it the year after that where it, it, it cycled back to all Filipino, um, mm-hmm. then five, six, five, and under, then open. Well, that's waiting that six months was so hard for me because when I came back, I was practically out of shape. You know, I mean, I was getting myself in shape. So in the latter part of those years playing in the Philippines, I, I was looking for the transition to get over in Europe because the seasons were longer, you know, and, 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 and it was no fault to the, the Filipino league. It was just the fact that, you know, I, I, I was building, working on a family. Um, I was actually, you know, I, I got married. 
I was thinking of having kids and I had, I wanted to find something that was going to be stable. So, and of course an agent was encouraging that situation. So um, there was even a time when Sonny Jaworski uh, was reaching out to me to try to come back to Mm -hmm. play. And um, it was, it was the same year that my son was being born. And I was at that time I was in France. Actually, I I was actually, when he reached out to me, I was in Holland. And we had just won a championship there, but I was trying to get to a, a, a upper league that could pay me the kind of money that I wanted to be, be paid. So what year? Yeah, what that, year did Sonny Jaworski contact you? That was about like 74, 70, I mean, not not seventy four, um, eighty four, eighty five. Yeah, it was that uh-huh. season. Yeah, That's in Ebra and, um, Yeah, in Ebra. Yeah, yeah. And so I was, I was, happened, I was actually going to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what happened was. You know, my my the thought of me coming back like that wouldn't have. You know, I, I just thought about okay, it would just be for X amount of months. You know, I was looking to really establish myself. I I was, you know, those seasons in Europe are like nine months or ten months, depending on how you negotiate it. But um, when when Sonny reached out to me, I was already pretty much I was trying to establish myself because my son was being born and I was trying to you know, kind of like find a place to be at home because I wound up playing in France for seven years. So, um, you know, that the, the, the thought of coming back to the Philippines at that time wasn't feasible for me. And um, that was only, probably the only reason why I, I didn't know because the seasons were so short at that time to come back and play there. Yeah, but that, would, that, that would have been great. Imagine yeah. if you had come back in 1985, you were about 27 years old. That's like in your prime. Peak. You were, yeah, yeah. in your prime mm-hmm. right there. So, yeah. 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 So, the Filipino fans, uh, basketball fans missed out on, on you, some of the younger yeah. guys. Uh, and I guess that also answers the question that some of the fans uh, have been raising that after Toyota folded in 83, it never came back to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah here's I'm, a, I'm, here's I'm, a, this guy dumped yeah. on you on his first game. Yeah. You met him you met him in midair and uh, you met him in midair and he just ducked on you. Yeah. Well that was he 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 probably caught me off guard that time, but we you can be, be sure it would never happen again. What do you remember? What do you remember about this guy, Billy Ray Bates? Well, I mean, you know, he he was full of energy. Um, and he could play. He he, he had a, um, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's talented. I'm not taking none of that away from anybody. But you know, sometimes um, when you're out there and you're playing for yourself and not for the team, it, it's not feasible because um, it's not going to enhance the rest of the players. And 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 when when I was talking about earlier about right. the, the character of people, sometimes mm-hmm. um, he reflected that he yeah. he yeah. off the court in the public eye, he was, you know, he, he it was not a good look. And um, a matter of fact, I think was it was that the year we beat them in the in the finals. No. I believe that we, the, the no. Uh, no. He came first he in '83. They won the Grand Slam. They won all three tournaments. Chris, but did in oh, they won that that year? Yeah. I okay. think I think this was your last conference with with Theodore. Oh, okay. 
if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Eight, eight, I, you probably beat them in a in a elimination game or something, you know, during the yeah. during the preliminary but, rounds. But but they won all three. They won all three championships. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. They won that Grand Slam. So. Wow. And, so he, and then he, he then he's the one who came back. He came back three years later to play for Sonny Jaworski with Hinebra. Yeah. So when oh, you yeah. when you uh, and they won you... a championship. He and Michael Hackett. Uh, they yeah. won a championship there too. So oh, he did yeah. he did win. But but when you were talking about the those imports and the character and this and that earlier, you know, early in the show right. today, he was actually right. the guy on my mind. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because, because you're not oh. the first fellow who 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 spoke about Billy Ray Bates being a heck of a talent, but you know, right. that, that, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think all the imports we've interviewed, uh, well, with the exception of Sean Chambers and uh, Norman Black and Francois Weiss, uh, said mm-hmm. Billy Ray Bates is a phenomenal import, but off the court, he just had some yeah. problems that he couldn't solve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you know, uh, I, you know, I didn't associate with him, so I didn't get to know him any, any mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's, it, I didn't even run in, into him even in travel, but most of the times, you know, all Americans are going back to the same time, you know what I mean? Something like that. But I never yeah. encountered that with him and, I, and really never ran into him ever again after that, you know, at that stint. Well, he had, he had come back to the Philippines uh, in a different capacity later on. This okay. is Snake Jones. Yeah, it says Snake Jones on his jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't just say Jones, it says Snake Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's Snake Jones. <laughs> yeah. And you got yeah. him. You got what him. What are your memories about uh, going up against this guy? He was also one of the the premier imports yeah. in the 70s, yeah, early 80s. Well, well, you know, I mean, Snake, Snake was a good player. He was a solid player. I, I enjoyed playing him every time we in comp- competition. Um, I mean, I, I like that. You know, I'm not, I don't run from wanting to play against competition. I like challenges, whether I, I get the best of it or not. I just like playing against someone that's going to either give me an experience so that I can improve my game. And he had that kind of, and he was a left-hander, which was mm-hmm. which was odd too, because it made me have to adjust to that type of um on a player on, on defensively so you know I, I learned a lot from him as far as in competition so he you know i enjoy playing against him and um and i don't know how it worked with him as far as what he did afterwards because i never ran into him anywhere else mm-hmm. i don't know how yeah. old he was at that time but well, he last played in the philippines in 84 um mm-hmm. that's uh, he actually retired by hanging his sneakers on the ring so some kind of a ceremony to he had a lot of flair. Snake Jones had a lot of flair. He used to wear yeah. those hats yeah. and those colorful yeah, shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Snake, yeah, yeah. you know, Snake had the had the uh, chance to play with the, the top three teams. People would say at the time, Toyota, Crespa, yeah. and Utex. Right, so he right. Got to play for all three. So at this time, he was with Chris Pauliari. And look at you. And I think this picture is really just amazing. Shows shows the the fans, you know, those who didn't get to see Andy play. How he could really protect that rim? I mean, look at that. <laughs> I mean, your no, head was above the the bottom of the backboard already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the ball had no chance here going in. Nah, I'm sorry, you you got Snake here. <laughs> yeah. Snake couldn't get up anymore at this time. This is a bit later in his career. But is there a particular reason, Andy, that you chose number one as your jersey number? Um, 
it was just the first thing that came to my mind when um, they asked me which number that I would, would, would want to wear. And then it was just um, just an instinct. That's all. It wasn't something that was particularly mm-hmm. that, you know, my favor or anything. It was just something that I just said, I, I'll, I'll take one. You know? Yeah. We asked Ramon Fernandez about why, we, why he wore the number 10. He said, just be number one, but just don't show it. And Andy Fields is a different story. He showed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this, this, uh, out, I guess, right? this tournament, when Snake Jones was playing for Crispa, he had a, he had a partner named James Hardy. You mentioned him earlier. And Crispa recruited James Hardy precisely to match up against you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. so, you know, and they were, I think they talked about it at the time. They said, yo, we found somebody to try to match up against Andy Fields. And, I, you know, and, and you probably knew that. How did you take that? Was it, was it a challenge for you to, to prove them, that, to prove to them that, hey, you know, you can try to get anyone, but yeah, I'm still well, Andy Fields. Yeah, well, you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not the type of person that, um, or player that, that, that has a chip on my shoulder or, you know, just, you know, um, I just I try to just go out there to perform the game the, the, the way I know and at the best that I can do it and um you know if if, if it's if it's because other other organizations or teams want to find somebody to match up against me or whomever so be it but um <laughs> I'm, I don't I don't I don't I don't find it I'm I'm not, I'm not in intimidated by it or I don't even I, tr- I really try I never try to think about it because I just try to bring my A game every time I'm out there on the floor and just leave it that way just leave it out on the floor you know? so, at this point this is not after this is I think 1981 or 82 you became you became the yardstick already for the big import already mm-hmm. they're they're trying to get people who can score and defend uh and uh you you did both really well uh, my my question to you is growing up did you ever see yourself as a defensive player, I know you used to score a lot when you were in college, but when did you develop this knack for being a, a great defender? Well, you know, when you, when you asked me earlier about um, uh, different players that uh, uh, what encouraged me as a player when I was a kid, one of the, the players that, that I didn't mention was, was Bill Russell. There mm-hmm. you go. And, um, and one of the things is that um, not that I – pursued my game to think that I was just going to be a defensive player to go and block shots all the time. But it was something that I, I, I admired how uh, a defensive player could actually control a game. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that was truly, you know, he was a true example of how guarding the basket could win championships and uh, and I and I picked that up when I was in college more so because I did play the, like the big man in college and I became a shot blocker when I was in college so that's where I picked up a lot of those skills with that so but you know and, and I was able to just carry that over into my professional career and um and it worked out for me so yeah. you know and and I'm, I'm and, and I'm pretty good at timing um mm-hmm. you know persistence of you know knowing like when someone's going to the basket where where they're like when you look at that particular shot in other words i'm not i'm not going after the ball i'm just going at the at the angle in which where he thinks he could put the ball to score you know what i mean so 
those are the type of um, skills that I build uh, defensively to to become a good defensive player like that. So, well, Andy, you still hold the PBA record for most blocks in a single game with right. 13. No one's ever come close to it. You still hold wow. that record. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So the record's <laughs> been around for a while now. Yeah. yeah. Well, What's that? Almost 40, 40 years. years. Like a generation yeah. already. No one still topped it. Although, yeah, uh, I think uh, a local, you, you know, you didn't play against this guy anymore uh, named Jericho Dinera. He came very close. Uh, I think at 11 yeah, in, in one game, but that was the closest. Yeah, but you're, you still have the record. It's funny you mentioned Bill Russell just now because I was looking at that picture of you and Snake Jones, and Snake Jones went to the same school as Bill Russell. He's a lefty like Bill Russell, and they're all the same height. Yeah. University, University of San Francisco, lefty, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. I was just thinking yeah. about Bill Russell, and all of a sudden you mentioned him. But you know, in, so so 1981, there you are. You you got your your revenge. I mean, no, but you were able to get that championship after losing in 1980. Was it against UTEX though? It was against Crispa. Yeah, it was against Crispa. <laughs> Might have been sweeter, you know, because it's against Crispa, yeah, right? Right, right. right. Well, then, I think we had beat. I think we had beaten them prior to Crispa. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it went. I'm not sure if Crispa uh-huh. beat them. Well, I can't remember how that went down, but I do remember that I, because I, 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 I did want to get back to to the uh, UTEX. I did want to beat them. <laughs> but, yeah. And the thing but, is, Glenn McDonald was the coach already at the time, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, they, were, they so weren't good. To, they weren't good enough to make it back to the finals. So that's that's not your problem yeah. anymore. That, that was their problem. They yeah, didn't make it right. back to the finals. It's, it, well, it's so funny because Glenn McDonald had just. Um, he had just uh, 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 befriended me for Facebook just recently. Oh, yeah, because he wound really? up, he, was, he, he went, he, I mean, just, well, actually today, he just befriended me. But what happened was um, he was coaching in Long Beach State mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. He went there. Yes, so, yes. And his whole family, mm-hmm. him and his wife both was working for that university. So they uh, he's retired now, two years, and his wife is still working, but that's his, Just uh, make another year. That's his alma mater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'd yeah, love yeah, to have yeah. Glenn here. I'm, we'll talk to you about that personally, uh, privately later on, but we'd love to have Glenn uh, here because Sid and I are Celtic fans. Charlie's a Laker fan. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Glenn was a good guy. I mean, those, now those are people that I kind of hung out with. They, uh, him, Aaron James, they were, those were the kind of people that I, you would go out and 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 hang out with them because that that was they, that was good character. They knew how mm-hmm. to, you know, yeah, and, and handle. Pretty pretty good players too. You know, those guys were both NBA. Yeah. NBA oh, oh, Aaron yeah. James could shoot. They used yeah. to call him for the Utah Jazz. They used to call him parking lot because he could yeah. hit it from yeah. the parking lot, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, Aaron. Aaron was a good old man. Aaron was a cool guy too. I'm uh-huh. telling you, he was a good, yeah, yeah. And, nice and, and those types of things. Those to hear those stories from them, you know, because Glenn won a championship with them. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, those stories, man, were just, a, you know, just eye openers. You know, you, yeah. you bubble out when you hear them. Well, not only, not only did Glenn win a championship, he was an integral part of that third overtime yeah. against uh, yeah, Phoenix. That's right. He yeah. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Get a couple of baskets over there, but okay. Yeah. So, 1982, you're back. It's the Open Conference yet again. And your partner now is this young guy who can jump out of the gym. His name's Donnie Ray Coons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and, yeah. and you won the championship again. So, apparently, you have to have a, a, a partner with a letter K. Because yeah, right. <laughs> you got King, King, King and Coons. 
King, King of Coons. Right? It went anything with Brewster, huh? <laughs> That's right. So King, King and Coons. But Donnie Ray Coons, tell us about him because he became a popular figure too uh, for the Filipino fans. Yeah. They loved the way he played. He played for San Miguel after Toyota. Then he played for Alaska as well Then in 1986. Yeah. And that was his last stint here. So you know, what do you remember about Donnie? Well, he, he was a complete player. He As a guard, he had a full game. I mean, he he relieved a lot of those guys because at that time, you know, um, you know, Francis and all them guys, they were slowing up a little bit. You know, what I mean, they was, you know, and so he could really, he, you know, who he reminded me of. If if I could uh, associate him with a uh, NBA player, mm-hmm. was um, Dwayne Wade. He had. I was that about to say that too. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I mean. I'm telling you, he was he was a complete player, um, and I enjoyed him because we had a lot of respect for each other. And it was the first time I had actually played with a guard in that situation where uh-huh. you know the, the second American was a guard. So it was, I mean, he could play, he could play. Uh-huh. I mean, and, and um, our, our combination was really a threat in that league because. It was an inside-out game. You know, he was in the exterior and I was an interior. So it was a double threat to a lot of the teams. I, I'm sure you remember a lot of the imports that you played against. Uh, that that conference, uh, 82 Open, when you won the championship, you played against Gilby's. And they had mm-hmm. two prolific imports, Lou Massey yeah. and Larry McNeil. Two yeah, guys who Larry. could put up 80 points. You know, and God. they did. They both did score 80-something in was, their they careers. Was, they was, they, that was a headache. That was them boys were those, those were headaches because because the thing you know you know why they was it was so difficult with them they were the team you know like when you talk yeah. about them yeah. going out right. putting up forty points they knew that for them to win that they had to score like that so what is it what does that mean that means that if you're guarding them they shooting the ball forty times a night you know what I mean to get their forty <laughs> or whatever you know what I'm saying so like that's what made it so difficult playing them because that was a that's a long night that's all mm-hmm. i can tell you when, when you're talking about garden and and larry mcneil he was wiry you know he's spinning and you know he's jerky and he, he, was, he was he was a talented he was a you know when, when, when you know the, the terminology that we use we will say something like an old head well that's what kind of larry was he was like that old school kind of player you know what i mean mm-hmm. doing all those yeah. trickery type of moves you know what i mean and uh and, and you know, and you just really you learn through the process of that, you know, because um, he he was a skillful player and he had a good game, he had a good shot, good range, all that. But you know, we was able to get by him, you know. what I mean, because really the problem with them is that they didn't have a lot of the local support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I actually, that. I actually checked out the the rosters for that final series, and I looked at the Gilby's Gin roster and I said, yeah, you know, this team. It was really McNeil. Who was on it? Who was Massey. on the Gilby's Gin roster? Well, oh. you know, General Lau. Rolly Buhay, yeah. Ed Ducot, Marlo Hakutin, General Lau. Yeah, Willie yeah, Lau. I think Jose Ferreira was there. But I mean, if you look at it, compare it to a Toyota lineup or a Crisp lineup, yeah. this, this local, the locals, right. you know, you can't, I'm sure they had hard and they fought hard and all of that. But, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, the talent level just yeah. wasn't at par. But they made it to the finals. They got swept, but they made it to yeah. the finals. Right. But these two imports were really two of the, the craziest yeah. scorers. I, ju- I just want to add, because I said earlier it was Dave Jones who retired and hung his uh, shoes on the 
on the ring. I, I, I have to correct myself. It's actually Larry McNeil who did that. He retired from the Philippines after uh, playing for the Winston Kings in 1984, hung his uh, sneakers up on the ring. So it was Larry <laughs> McNeil. So you're talking about the 280-80 guys, Lou Mass yeah. and Larry McNeil. Uh, yeah, big headache, but, but you were still able to defend against them, um, Andrew. Yeah, uh, we were able to them able. in some way. Yeah, well, the thing about that is, is that you just, if you if you know, I mean, like, I mean, uh, hey, he, he's dropped 40 on me. So, you know, but he's he's had to put, he had to put the ball up probably about 40 times. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he yeah, was 20 for 20 or anything like that. So it's just that you just make sure that he doesn't put 60. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, it wasn't like they had the other support that, you know, the local support that they need to win games. So as long as you could, and Massey, Massey was just as, I mean, like, I mean, when I, when I start thinking about them guys, I'm surprised that in some cases that we got by them, you know what I mean? Because, it did, you know, they, they could have went out there and, Jeez, I mean, man, I tell you, they was a nightmare. I mean, we beat them. But yeah, tell, tell the fans, uh, Andrew, of your recollection of Lou Massey, because my recollection as a young kid is he was he looked like a tank. This guy was yeah, he looked he, like a tank. So what was it like man. going up against him in the post? He likes to post up too at six five. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's like a uh, like almost like a Adrian Dantley type. You know what I mean? The only he he could also put the ball on the floor. I mean, like he was a bad. Massey was a bad boy. I'm telling you, he was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, those guys, I had a lot of respect for, and and they just, um, like I said, they was just shortchanged because they just didn't have the local talent around them. Mm-hmm. That's all that really was. And Lou which Massey's means, another one who left yeah, us yeah. already too. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. which means which means too that even if they had the talent around them, then they had to give up that scorn like that. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I think they. As much as they knew how much it hurt them on the floor, with with um, not having that talent, with that that support with them, that they enjoyed it too because it let them score points that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you for, can't have you can't have your cake you can't have your cake and eat it too. You just yeah. can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. For the record, Larry McNeil's all uh, time record is 88 points. While uh, Lou Massey scored eighty-five uh, points, of course they didn't do it in the same game. No, no, not in the same no, game. Yeah, but those were their <laughs> those were their personal highs uh, during their PBA stint. So. Oh, Andrew, there was a there was a young kid also that came into PBA in nineteen eighty-one. Went on to stay in the PBA until today. As a, he's a coach now. His name is Norman Black. What's your recollection <laughs> of this kid when he came in? Oh man, Norman is now Norman. Now Norman is originally from Philly, ain't he? Yes. His, yes. Yeah. No, he's from Philly, and um, Saint Joseph. Well, Norman had it. No, yeah. Yeah. Norman was. I was aware of his game. I, I was, you know, I knew of him, and but to see, he was a he was a true talent, and he wound up coaching over there, didn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he still he's still is. Yeah. He's still coaching until he's, now. He's, he's still he started is. in 1986, yeah. 87 yeah, as a as a playing coach. 85. Are you serious? Oh, 85 yeah. as a playing coach, and he's been here ever since. He's he's been part of the national yeah, team as, a, as an assistant, as a head coach. We've had him on the yeah. show too. Wow, he's made a life of it, right? Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. He never left. Oh, yeah, he's his, his never son, left. His son is going to be a rookie this year. He was supposed to be yeah. a rookie this year, but but the league got suspended because of this COVID thing. But so, his son's supposed wow. to be a rookie. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was a, he was a, he was a true talent. I mean, he was, you know, he could play. He, I mean, you could see that. Um, you know, sometimes you can see uh, how the growth in in players. You know, especially like he came out of St. Joseph's, and you and you and you know, you know how people players develop. They car- they carry that that playing skills with them. And he was one of them. You know, he, he knew the fundamentals of, of the game. You could you could say that he, that he was well groomed, that he could you know, uh, he, he was he was a. I didn't get to see much of him. I saw him that one season, but I could tell that he was going to be a talent in that league. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know he was going to stay there as much as long as he did. Yeah, he's he's, he's been a legend here in the Philippines now. That's great. Well, tell, definitely, when you get the opportunity, let him know that I said hello to him. I will. Yeah. I will. I'll take care of that. Yeah. There's someone yeah. here on the Facebook uh, feeds, uh, Ramon Diaz. He says he remembers he has a memory from 1980, an 81 game against Gilby's. General Lau stole the ball, went up for a layup. Andy jumped from the free throw line and blocked the shot from behind. <laughs> That's not fair. So a lot of the memories, like are, you know, memories, memories everywhere from from the fans, yeah. you know, because they, they loved yeah. watching you back then. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's all coming back for them too. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate the support for it from everybody. You know, I you know I. The, the one thing that I really enjoyed, like I said, it was good to play for a Toyota organization. Um, you know, when we used to go into the province and uh, to see that, that, you know, you know, I'm sure that back then they were watching it on television or listening to it on the radio, and you could see it. It excited a lot of the, the youth. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the kids, um, I can't remember the name. If I looked on my phone, I could see, but he sent me a picture of when he came to um, the barracks to take a, a picture with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this was, um, we were both young, <laughs> but um, he was, he was 17 back then. He's now 50. And I was like, and it, it brought tears to my eyes that, you know, like you just never know the people that you affected, you know, that you, right. you, you know, encouraged to, to play the game you know, during that time. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I've gotten so many texts and and uh, friend requests, uh, Facebook requests yeah, and yeah. State, statements of people saying things that just, you know, just really just overwhelms me because you just, you know, it's just, you just never know if you affect people like that. You, you, know? you touched a lot of lives here. I mean, I was a Toyota fan since you came in. 1979 is the first time I watched a live PBA game. Watched Arnie Tawadis' first game uh, in the PBA. Then I, went, I immediately became a Toyota fan. So I just shared on my Facebook page the other day that it was an honor having you and Ramon Fernandez sharing the same screen with you. Because that brought right. back, the, the inner child in me was very happy at that right. moment when I had two of my, my heroes here. So I just wanted yeah, to let yeah. you know. But I just also want to ask you, Andy, when you were here in the Philippines, what was your favorite Filipino food? What was your go-to Filipino food? And something oh, that you wow. miss right now when you think about it. I miss this Filipino food. Um, well, to be honest with you, <laughs> one of the things that I, I that I experienced for the first time was the time when they had cooked a pig on a oh. on a pole, and they had actually I had never seen that in my life. 
Lechon. Lechon. Yeah, yeah. And the, the texture of it, the skin, and I'm, I mean, you know, and I was a little leery at first, but but it was it was it was delicious, man. And <laughs> and uh, I, I, I enjoyed that. That was uh, that was. That was a, a, a tasty uh, little meal, you know. Um, but as far as that's a little meal, like that's a big meal. <laughs> I, I can't remember, you know. As far I mean, I've tried everything. I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't you really know. Have, about five years, I'm sure you tried everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I was, you know, I was never afraid to. I never tried that. Uh, what they call it? Balut. 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 <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if you tried balut. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm hearing people in the streets all the time going, Baloo, Baloo. I'm going, what the heck is Baloo? That became a thing. That became a thing for imports. That we'd have a feature yeah. of that trying to feed yeah. Baloo in the half That's like yeah. a rites of passage now. Yeah. That's yeah. rites of passage now for all the imports. They have to have Baloo. Not, not only in basketball, in all yeah. sports here in the not, not everyone can pass it. No, not everyone can eat it. So, uh, yeah, Andy, uh, we got a comment here from a fan. He says he remembers seeing you eating two steaks at the Peninsula Lobby at 2 a.m. after you won a championship. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> so, my friend. That's my friend, Toby. Well, that's, that's, well, that's, hey, he's probably right. For some reason, <laughs> back, back then, I could eat like that. But, man, I couldn't. You know, and, I, and probably because I burned it off the way I did, but you know, yeah, that that was one of Valencia was one of my favorite spots. I, I used to go there <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, and you know they they, <laughs> still there. Andy, still they there. posted already. They posted already. The guy you, who you said posted a photo when he was 17 years old. His name's Nito Lopez. Yeah, yeah, Nito that's Lopez. it. That's so they posted already that that was oh, Nito man. Lopez yeah. who had a photo. Yeah, man, that's. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, yeah. that, he was a good kid. I, I actually remember that scene too at that mm -hmm. time. You know, I mean, I was never one that um, turned a kid down from a, a signing an autograph or anything. I, you know, I know it was just as an honorable moment for them as it would be for me to be able to get a signature from somebody. So I never held back on on turning down a signing an autograph. Sid. You wanted yeah. to talk no. about 1983, right? Yeah, no, Andy, yeah. You came back one last time, last hurrah with Toyota in the 1983 the third conference. Um, I can't remember your import partner at the time, but that that conference, it didn't end well for Toyota. And, mm -hmm. and it actually ended up being the last conference of Toyota before they, wow. they, uh, they disbanded. Okay, uh, they didn't play anymore in 84, but... Um, what was that team like? I, I, it appeared that the dynamic had changed and uh, it yeah. just wasn't the same team that won uh, two two titles in, in 82. Right. Um, well, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's the old story. It's, it's the same thing that all good things come to an end, you know? And, um, you know, when, when you start talking about um, uh, it, the, the chemistry of things and, and 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 leadership, whether it's from the from the organization or from the team, it started taking effect and it started wearing on us. And um, and and you know it wasn't that um, that zest to try to to accomplish something any, anymore. It, it it was I don't think that it just didn't feel right, you know. And and it kind of like. Um, like I said, you know, you, you, all good things, you know, start to come to an end because 
it, at some point in time, you just start to hit a, a wall that just kind of like saying, okay, this is as far as we're going to go. I think even, I think that's when the uh, management had changed as well. And it was starting to break down a little bit. And um, um, players was maybe even talking about going to place somewhere else. And, yeah, you know, and, there was also that time, Andy, in 83, and, and Juan Fernandez talked about this, that there was a, already a rift between Sonny Jaworski and Ramon Fernandez also that sort of affected yeah. the chemistry of the team. In fact, Abby King was said it so eloquently. At the time, there was already social distancing uh, in the team right, right. because well, of uh, the rift between Fernandez and Jaworski. Uh, were you privy to that? Could you tell us a little bit more about what you knew well, about the situation at the time? I, I, well... I'm not. I, I, I'm. I'm not trying to take. So I, I'm not that type of person. I don't take. So <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Right. Well, I, what I will say is that you know what happens is things when when it comes to stardom, sometimes um when some people just can't share that. You know what I'm saying? People sometimes people just can't share success as as a whole. You know, in, in other words, they just can't. Everybody can't have a piece of the pie. Somebody will want to have the whole pie, you know. And whether it was a financial thing, whether it was a popularity thing, whatever it was, it, it, the tension started building up. And 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 I'm like I said, I'm not here to take any sides to it. That because for the most part, when I wasn't there, it wasn't my my rich. You know what I'm saying? It was just when I played at that particular year, it was new to me see that the the attitudes started changing so um you know and, 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 and i guess even for myself it was a time when i started thinking about all right well maybe this is coming to an end for me to look to go elsewhere to play mm -hmm. because I, like i said I, I was looking to go somewhere where it was a longer season where i could you know uh, I would have to feel like I'd be off for X amount of months before I come back to play. So, it, you know, it, it, the timing kind of like fitted in with a lot of what was happening. So, um, I mean, whatever problems they they were having between them two, if it was any at all, um, you know, I'm sure it, it, at some point in time, what happened happened and everybody went their own way. And had you know had success in their own you know capacity. So yeah, but but they're good now. So you know everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and because and it's always the case. It's almost it's, it's always a situation when you look back at it, you start to realize that it was something that wasn't what it was unnecessary. You know what I mean? It's just that what you it, it takes you to go through that that mm -hmm. that process you know yeah well they didn't speak to each other for six years uh and wow. uh, they finally patched it up <laughs> during an all-star game of all play yeah, of all all -star places. Game. i don't know if you know about that story <laughs> that there was actually the winning play was jaworski passing to fernandez to win the game in the wow. 1989 all-star game you ever hear about that story no i didn't hear about that yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> they, they hooked up for the last play and then coach baby the lupin uh crispa Right. Yeah. He was coaching their team, got them together and, and let them shake hands. And the whole crowd went crazy Yeah, because <laughs> wow. you know, the crowd knew that they hadn't been speaking for X number of years. And wow. you know, that, that was quite a moment. And then and everything's been all right since then. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I, I, yeah. 
1990, the Philippines sent the first professional team to play in the Asian Games. Uh, Sonny Jaworski was the coach, and his team captain wow. was Ramon Fernandez. Great. Yeah, that's great. the end well, of that story. Good. Hey, well, that's, you know, like, um, you know, it, 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 everything finds a way, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Everything finds a way to heal, you know, and it's good. And it's good that it has because they've, they've been very successful together and they didn't need right. to really have, you know what I mean? They, you know, you, you can't, you don't want to leave this earth um, with, with none of that that you, you, that you never said sorry to, you know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't want to ever regret anything. So right. I'm glad that that worked out for them. You, you know, yeah, I love how engaged uh, our, our followers are, you know, listening to yeah. the show and watching us, how engaged they are. Immediately, they, they responded. The import partner was Ralph Brewster yeah. in 1983. Yeah. 83, yeah. yeah. So whenever we, we yeah. need they some, have a some answers, name. somebody answers for us. <laughs> when, whenever we have a senior moment, okay, yeah. Our, yeah, 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 the fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why that's we love our followers. Rescue. We love everyone who watches. And, 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 uh, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of Jaworski and Fernandez, um, in 2003, there there was actually a reunion game between yeah, Teore and Crispa. Okay. Uh, of course, by then, all of them were in their 50s or late 40s. Right. So, so the quality yeah, of the game was in their 60s. That. Was that yeah. the one that yeah. um, Francis? Was that the one that Francis couldn't come back to play yeah. because yes, that's, that's the one. Was, he was working. Yeah, yeah he couldn't get a leave of absence. But that's the winning the play, yeah, yeah the, the winning play of play. that was yeah. uh, this time it's the other way around. It was Fernandez to Jaworski. Um, one passed out to uh, Sonny, and Sonny hit a, the game-winning three-point shot. So, three. you wow. know, he, wow. he returned the favor. Yeah, and well, then, see, yeah. That, that, yeah, it, it, it helped mend their, their relationship, let them yeah. have good memories yeah. about their success that they've had together. So that's... Uh, yeah, just That's go to show you they were meant they were meant to work yeah. together, you know. <laughs> but then after the game, the players were still talking trash to each other in the press. So yeah. they, <laughs> they, they were exchanging <laughs> words <laughs> after all those years. I remember yeah. that game because Terry Sandanato Iko almost got into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and, and Oscar Rocha almost got into it as well. Yeah. So you know, they almost yeah. um Terry called the Crispa players, you know, after all these years, they're still dirty. They're still dirty players. <laughs> yeah. He, he yeah. told that's that to the Terry press. Sandania and then said, yeah. Philip Cesar responded, oh, yeah, that, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, after all those years, it was still like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, like some someone, one of you are on guys earlier talked about that, that the youth coming out of you. Well, that's what happened. That you started mm -hmm. coming out of them. That's right. And they that's, talking yeah. that stuff, that, that junk again. You know how that works. When that happens, you, you start regressing. Instead of progressing, right, you start right, regressing. Exactly. Right? That's it. That's, that's, that's the crazy right. thing. That's the word. Well, look, look, that's, that's since we're talking about progress, so you left the PBA after 1983, and then you went on to Belgium, the Netherlands, France, exactly. Switzerland. Can you just yeah. take us through how your career was the rest of the way? Wow, that's um. Well, that was a journey because what happened is, um, I came with how I got introduced into um Belgium was because that team. It was the middle of the season once again, like the I think. The Philippine season had ended in December, like around mm -hmm. Christmas again. So I go over to Belgium because this team wanted to stay up in the first division. And so uh, let me give you a quick story, right? Mm -hmm. So I go over there to sign, and um, and and, I'm, and and it was in Bruges, Belgium, and it was this beautiful, this nice restaurant on the water. 
where where you can um, take the ferry over to England. So I'm in there ha we're having a, a wonderful, a excellent dinner, right? And so they they trying to convince me to come and play for them. So I'm I'm listening to them, you know, you know, kind of money they're gonna offer me, what how they gonna set me up. So a person's walking in behind the door, the door. He says, "Oh, maybe we can get this person in, in, uh, to convince you." So I got my back to the door when the person walks in. So he, the person walks in, puts his hands on his shoulder, and says, "Is this the person that y'all trying to get to stay here?" And when I look up, it was Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye, serious? Marvin Gaye. Wow. wow. Marvin Gaye. So I'm looking up because if you remember, he was in exile for a while because um, he was just. I don't know. I think the music industry or whatever kept him out, and um, and I'm looking up, and he was saying, "Oh, so you?" He, he said, "So are you sure you're gonna come and play for for him?" And I, he was he was asking me. I said, "Man, I said, well, if you if you part of this, I says I will, you know." So so <laughs> wow. so what? The Marvin Gaye got you on the team. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, man. Listen, because you gotta hear this story. So you know, Belgium is a small country. So all the brothers that, you know, that are um, on playing all the different teams during the weekends, we get together to play and we, and, and, um, you know, we'll pick a spot, you know, um, to, to and Antwerp was normally the central plot spot to go to. And, and Marvin would be playing, Marvin Gaye would be playing with us. And, and we, we knew all, you know, and he was crooning to us, like crooning is singing to us. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, but, that was the year they came out with the new song "Sexual Healing." Sexual Healing, yes. So when he he when so when it's hitting the charts and blowing up, he leaves us. He says, "Man, I'm out of here. Man, I got to go back and do my thing." And boom, 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 boom. Wow. You know, you know, I'm telling you, right? But we are we playing one weekend. We get together. We doing the same thing. And one of the brothers comes in and say, "Man." He just got shot. Right. Yeah. And we, right just, and we, and right we just like, we, we fall to the floor because I'm telling you, Marvin Gaye was a good brother. You mm -hmm. hear me? He was a good brother. Yeah. He had a heart of gold. And when, so when we, um, when we, I mean, we just, we mourned. That's all we did. We just yeah. mourned. Yeah. It was, it was just, just that. And to find out that his father shot him, was mm -hmm. even the worst. I right. mean, that was just the worst. That so was, that was that, was that experience. That was that experience with that. And you know, I helped keep the team up, but you know, they they couldn't pay me the kind of money to the 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 play for them for a whole season because that was a, that was like a four year a four month contract. So they just didn't have the kind of money to keep me around. So yeah. the team in in um, Dumbosh was in, in Holland. They which was north. They hired, they hired me and I played, we won a championship there. Then from there, you know, I wanted to get into France because that's where I heard where the money was as far as, you know, to get established because I was, I, I was married and we were ready to have a, a, a baby and I wanted to be in a situation where I could prosper, you know, really, you know, take care of my family. So I wound up going to France. I was seven years in France. And uh, we never, I never won a championship there, but I was, um, I did win um, 
most complete player there. I won the, the rebound and, uh, award. I, I was in all, two all-star games. Um, I, I got to play. I was in, That was in North France. I was five years in North France and two years in Paris. And um, then I went to um, um, play. I was six years in Switzerland. In Switzerland, I wound up winning another six, six championships. Wow. And um, and I was, um, you know, I made all-star teams and all like that. And and that's where I pretty much finished my career. Um, in Switzerland, I played till I was 40. Um, I was able to still get up and down the floor and still I was talented <laughs> enough. And uh, it was a good experience because with that, with, with, with the organization in, in Paris, we, we had, you know, good, uh, European Cup experiences where we went and played in the European Cup as well as with the team in um, Switzerland. So it was um, it was a good run. I mean, I was when I when I made sure that for myself uh, that I got it all out my system. You know, because what happened is during a couple of those years near the end in Switzerland. I never signed a two-year situation. I said, well, let me just sign a one year and then see whether or not I'll come back at the end. We'll win a championship. You know, he'll, he'll ask me to come back. We'll come back and win another championship. But near the end, um, I, I shared something with y'all earlier about how I can get competitive at times. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened was... Um, you know, a lot of a lot of we were receiving game bonuses, and um, along with like European Cup bonuses and championship bonus, playoff bonus, stuff like that. So, but what was starting to happening was when these players weren't playing up to par, I was getting frustrated. You know, what I mean, at near the end, I was I started picking up frustration because they were messing with my money. You know, like in other words, we we you know if, if they weren't if they weren't coming to play their time game, I would walk into the locker room and tell the coach, "Don't put him in, don't put him back in." I, I, you know, because I'm trying to get this game bonus. You know what I'm saying? And I, because because I had some good game bonuses and and European Cup bonuses. So you know, when somebody wasn't playing to their to to where I, I knew they were capable of, I would walk into the locker room at whether it's halftime or whatever, say. Don't put him back in. Don't put him back. So that's that's where my frustration started building up with near the end of my career. So I knew, and we was in, and we lost in the finals. That's when I realized when you when you talk about putting his shoes up. Well, I I tied my shoes, and you know I had you know you know supporters and stuff that was wanting my shoes at the end because they. I knew I wasn't coming back. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was done. Cause I just, I, I just, you know, it, mentally, I, I just couldn't deal with that frustration, you know, and, and it was just probably a, a good sign to tell me like, all right, it's time to leave, you know, and, and, and a lot of things that had happened during that time, my dad had passed uh, not long before, just before that, that matter of fact, that season he had passed. So I started thinking about things about, you know, going home, you know, looking after my mother, or whatever the case may be, you know. So that's uh, that's that story. That's that, wow. that journey. Yeah. Wow. What a journey. Twenty-year uh, pro career. It's not too bad, huh? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was long, man. I mean, I was blessed. God, God has been good to me. You mm-hmm. hear me? I mean, from a from a child that was born with a heart murmur, 
who has overcome a, a open heart surgery and um, and just um, putting his hands on me. I, I can't be, I, 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 I'm grateful. I'm truly grateful. And, uh, you know, and, and, and God continues to be in my favor. I've, I've had, um, I had a, a car accident mm -hmm. in 2015 yeah. that, um, almost took my life and um and he he he's he's kept me here and right. um yeah. and once again i'm thankful and uh and now i'm here with you guys <laughs> <laughs> and we're thankful for that yeah. no, but, really yeah. but but you you did leave the game because you went into coaching as well yeah. right yeah exactly well that's what happened when i was actually heading to um come uh, we had practice that evening And I was running late. I had something held me up just a little bit. And I'm going to practice. And then that accident happened. And, um, you know, it, it, it made me uh, have a different perspective about life. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm just thankful for being here because um, I had a, a, it was a flash moment. It really was, you know. Do you have any children uh, that that um, yep. imbibed uh, your basketball love for basketball? Yeah, my well, my son, he's actually my my son Matthew. He's actually he's from my first wife. Um, he's um, he's in Seattle. He has a love for basketball, yes, and but he's his heart was in baseball. He was chasing that for a minute. He still actually still plays the game. Um, it's just because of this COVID thing that they you can't you can't play now because they kind of like eliminated the um, the uh, semi pro teams that he was he's going to go play in North Carolina and of course North Carolina's in the red so but uh, he his heart was more, more or less geared towards baseball and I have a daughter um, that lives in Switzerland she was. Um, with the relationship that I had in Switzerland and um, her, she's, um, she's actually studying to be a nurse, probably going to lead to being a doctor at some point in time because she, you know, she's encouraged a lot, you know, so her name's Angelica. So, uh, and that's, uh, yeah, they, they're doing well for themselves and, and I've been blessed and just this, about three years ago, I lost my mother. She had, we, we had had a, um, it was actually the same time that, that year, well, that within that year that I had my accident, we had a bad um, storm here. They called it the Sandy Storm, mm. super storm, but it was uh, like a, you know, the water rose and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. But my mother had got diagnosed with cancer at that time. And um, so... I was like, you know, her caregiver and taking care of her. And she she hung in there for like a um, couple of years. And then uh, she left us in 2017. So sorry to hear so, that. So, um, you yeah. know, yeah, appreciate it. But, uh, but it, you know, it's me and my brother as far as my sibling and um, and my kids and my, my, uh, my uh, nieces and nephew. And um, I have a... Uh, a, a lady friend who is a, a childhood sweetheart of mine. Uh, my name is Francine. That 
Uh, the profile picture on Facebook, I see. Yeah, yeah, we tend to get married very soon. So. Congratulations. Congratulations on that. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. appreciate that. What, is, what, what does Andy Fields do nowadays um, yeah. uh, after basketball? Yeah, well, um, you know, uh, right now I'm working for the state of New Jersey. Okay. Um, thank goodness, because right now you never know. I, what it is is it's for the Division of Gaming Enforcement, which is a part of overseeing the casino industry and making sure that the casinos here in, Jer in the state of New Jersey are ran correctly and, you know, have obliged by the rules, the compliances and all like that. And um, it's been it's been good to me. I've been with them for well, now what about almost 14 years. I look to retire with them, um, and then just ride out in the sunset. You know, I'm just, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try, 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 yeah. try come back to the Philippines yeah. and probably I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm 60. I'm 63 right now, so I'm trying to get to 65. They have. Um, you know, there's some things I'm I'm looking to try to pursue after, you know, after I retire. But um, we'll see how that goes. You know, have you I'm, been back to the Philippines um, any time recently? No, I hadn't. I, I was um, matter of fact, I can't remember his name. He was a journalist. We actually sat and talked in um, um, in a hotel right outside of um, Cheney one time because I was some years back thinking about trying to come back to coach i had put it out there but nobody like you know really you know bit on it you know what i mean they didn't yeah, yeah. and I, I he did the story showed me the story that he wrote and all like that but um you know nobody showed any interest in that and um that was probably kinito henson if i remember yeah. correctly it's probably yeah. uh, the, the the journalist you're talking about. Yeah, Henson. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, does Kenito. sound to me. Uh -huh. yeah. 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 He still he still commentates for the PBS, an analyst, mm -hmm. game analyst until now. Yeah. Charlie's partner a lot yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that was that was I put it out to him because he asked mm -hmm. the question, would I consider coming back to coach? And mm -hmm. I said, sure. It was something was offered to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I would, you know, listen to the offer. Yeah. But nobody's been on it, so um, that you know that fell by the wayside, and I. I, I and I was encouraged. My, my thing was I did want one of the, the levels that I really wanted to coach at was at the college level, but the, I wanted to be at the D1 level or, mm -hmm. or, or head coach at a D2, you know, but um, I, I applied for positions ever since I had retired. And, you know, what, what happens is, you know, coaches have a, they, they become a, 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 a conglomerate of, like, in other words, head coaches try to find partners, assistants that really does all the leg work. You know what I mean? When they when they find that hookup where, where, where someone can make their job easier, that's normally how you get connected. And I and I went to Coach Cheney um, when he was at Temple, but he was actually on his way out at the time. And then what happened is there was um, a uh, what's the her name um, um, Stacy. Uh, uh, she was she was um, coaching at Temple. She wound up going to Oklahoma and winning the championship there. But I was going to be one of her assistants at Temple because coach had told her to hire me. 
Daily. Don, Don Staley. Don Staley. Yeah, right. Don she Staley. was at Temple. Right. So what happened is, um, but she got the job at Oklahoma, wherever she went out to, and won the national championship. But if she would have stayed at Temple, I would have probably been her assistant because she was going to hire. Mm -hmm. She had told Coach that she would have hired me. And I had interviewed, I interviewed with, with um, Vivian Stringer too, but she didn't, um, she, and, and I knew Vivian. Vivian was the woman's coach at Chain, mm -hmm. but she didn't, she didn't hire me. She wound up hiring um, someone that she had went to a, a, a Olympic um, games with, you know, it was a guy. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, mm -hmm. Coach gave her a little, yeah. he gave her an earful though, because he was pissed. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, things happen. You know, yeah. the, the doors never. Sometimes, you know, you, you keep knocking it. You know, yeah, sometimes I, right, it's I'm, just not yeah. in the cards, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly, and, right. Yeah. And and I'm and I'm fine with that because, you know, I, the, the the game itself brought a brought joy to me and gave me an experience of a lifetime to be able to travel to see the world and doing something that I love doing. So I'm thankful. Yeah. Andy, I'd just like to ask you, uh, do Filipino fans there in the U.S. still recognize you, that walk up to you for mm -hmm. autographs or pictures? Yep. Oh, yeah. I, well, when you <laughs> listen, there's some, there's a, um, I mean, I can't remember them by name, but what happened is there was a, a nurse who was taking care, uh, like a cousin of mine in a, in a nursing home and she was Filipino and she was taking good care of her. So I, I had one of my, my uh, uniform shirts, I signed it and gave it to her. And you could you, you can't imagine how elated she was about hey, save that. one for me, Andy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I, 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 and it's getting slim too. It's down to it's down it's down to a couple of them. I know, I know. That's why just save one for me. <laughs> no, Andy, have you now with the advent of Facebook and the advent of Facebook and social media, I'm sure you found a way to reconnect with your former teammates uh mm -hmm. in the Philippines. Uh you, you did say that you and Ramon Fernandez have a uh, usual chats. Who else have you hooked up with from your former team? Well, I, well, you know, I've, I've, I've sent um, different things to our, our nice and mm -hmm. Abby. I mean, I tried. Abby's yeah. right around. He's like right around the corner from me. From what I heard, he was in New Jersey years mm -hmm. of years back. Yeah, and now he's I in think Seattle he's out now. in Seattle. Seattle, Seattle mm -hmm. now, right? Yeah, so, the guy who's the guy who's near you, I think, is Ricky Relosa. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah he's so, watching right now. He's watching. He's actually watching. <laughs> he's watching right now. I just saw. Hello. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, you know, and, and through, throughout the years, I've been connected with a few of them. It's just that, you know, I guess we all have something in our mm -hmm. lives that's keeping us busy. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what was your reaction when you found out that there's a Facebook group dedicated to the memory of the Toyota Tamaros? Yeah, and yeah, you actually that, joined it. That kind of blew my mind. Well, you know, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to tell you the state that I'm in, where right now is I've, I've accepted so many people that I've maxed out. I've maxed out being able to confirm. I'm telling you, man, this you is imagine crazy. That. Imagine yeah, that. that. They just want to. They just want to be your friend. We all just want to be your yeah, friend. Right, right, right. right. And, 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 I, and I'm going, and I'm trying to confirm other people, and it's telling me you've maxed to your your five thousand. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> that yeah, happened like, of overnight. 
That's yeah, crazy. Man, that was, it's, yeah, that is crazy. I'm telling you. You had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Another, well, another... Andy only played with... Yeah, sorry. Uh, obviously, Andy only played with one team, so it's kind of hard to ask you who your five favorite teammates are because they're all from the same team. But I just want to know who was the guy that in the PBA, whether local, whether import, that you had a really tough time going up against, whether you couldn't score against him or you just couldn't stop right. him. Who was this guy? Uh, well, um, well, I, I would, I mean, in truth, I guess I would say some, I, I would actually say Billy Ray Bates. And only because he, he he's, you know, he's a diamond in the rough, you know, like, Billy didn't play with like control. He, you know, he was, he he was spontaneous, you know, he, he just, he did a lot of things that are just, I mean, now, and now that's, that's playing against someone, but um, like a thinking game, you know, playing against uh, Glenn McDonald, playing against Aaron James, those guys, they had a, they had a, you learned from them, you know, like the, the experience that I had playing against them made me better because it gave me a good perspective of how you, as you mature in your game, because those guys, they, they had that veteran game. They had, you know, I respected them, their game. I'll uh, uh, tell you more, the, uh, was it Otto Moore? He was like seven Otto foot Moore, tall. Yeah. Otto Otto Moore. Moore. Those guys, good. those those guys were like, I I enjoyed being around them guys and playing against them and everything because what, what they had something to teach you, you know what I'm saying? But you know, like when you out there playing reckless, and you know when you're playing someone that that, that has a, you know, and I and I'm not trying to de degrade uh, uh, Billy Ray Bates' game because he, I mean, he was a talent, but it was like it, it, unpredictable. You know what I mean? You can't, er you erratic, can't. they say. Erratic. Right, right. Exactly. That's the word. That's the word. That's the word. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Andy, you need to, you know, just give your final message, I suppose, before we let you go to the Filipino fans. You know, I mean, do you know that the page, interview, by the way, the Toyota yeah. page, the Toyota page was created by that 17-year-old boy who had a picture with you, Nito Lopez. Wow. He's, so, oh, so, so, so there's a connection, really. Wow. Maybe inspired so by awesome. you, too. That is so yeah. awesome. That is so so, so just, awesome. just a message for the Toyota fans and I guess the Filipino basketball fans who all remember you because we've had some CRISPA fans posting. I'm a CRISPA fan, but I love Andy Fields. So. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so, I just, so. just want to really thank the fact that, that you know, all of you have, have embraced me and have shown your love towards me as a player. And respect me as my as a player, and I, and you know, I'm just thankful that I've had that experience in in Manila in the Philippines because it was good to it was a it's a wonderful country. Um, I would have never probably expected to have traveled in 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 that parts just because, but the, it, it was a blessing that I was recruited to play there through Dante Saverio, mm -hmm. and. Um, and I just want to, you know, thank you all for the support, and then, and and also just keeping, uh, uh, keeping me embraced in the memories that you've had through the years, and um, uh, hopefully I'm saying this right. Intibi uh, kita, right? That means I love you, right? Intibi kita, 
That's great. You know, Andy, thank you so much. You know, I, 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 I'd like to ask you, Andy, to check out after we're, we're done. You can go to the Eternity of Basketball Facebook page because there's lots of messages for you in the comments of this video. A lot. So this, this will be embedded <laughs> yeah. there. You're going to see the comments of people and then people saying hello and how much they appreciate you and, and how you played and how you carry yourself until now. And so you I might want to see those comments also and, and, and just check it out. I will. I will do. Right? Will so, do. well, what, what a great two hours fluff it's been, you know. It's fun. And, and, and it went on yeah. like it was, you know, it's a, we didn't notice the, the time passing by because it's such a great uh, interview. Andy, thank mm -hmm. you for sharing all those stories and, and the inspiration as well. And, and of course, mm -hmm. the trust in God that, that, that you mentioned, uh, that he Amen. touches our lives and, and, you know, he helps us along the way. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate it so much. Uh, the Grand Slam is complete, ladies and gentlemen, because we had a Toyota Grand Slam. We had Emer Legaspi a week ago. We had Don Ramon Fernandez. And we had Mr. Number One, Andrew Fields, uh, for the, the, the three straight Toyota guests on an eternity of basketball. This is, this is episode 29. And what a great episode it has been. Uh, as usual, we thank everyone for watching. Um, you know, and we appreciate all the support that you guys give. Uh, keep uh, uh, checking out our Facebook page for the uh, announcements of the next episodes that are coming up in the weeks to come. On behalf of my uh, partners, Sid Ventura and Noel Zarate, thank you so much, Andy, for joining us. Uh, what, what a privilege to have had you on the show. I hope we'll see Charlie Kuna. And uh, we're signing off for episode 29. And, uh, well, what a great uh, episode this has been. So uh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll let you know who's coming up uh, on Tuesday as soon as uh, we finalize that. But uh, for now, that's it for us on episode 29. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for joining us. Andy, thank you, Andy. Right, thank thank you, you so much. All right, fellas. Thanks again. I appreciate it. You appreciate you too. Okay. Thank you. That concludes this episode of An Eternity of Basketball. As a reminder for this show and others like it and projects like it, go to globallyballin.com as well as follow Globally Ballin on all social media, including facebook.com slash globallyballin, Twitter at globallyballin, and Instagram. You can also follow this show directly at An Eternity of Basketball on Instagram or facebook.com slash an eternity of basketball. Thank you and make sure to catch next week's episode.